What is going on, everyone? It's episode 95, recorded on Sunday, March 13th, 2022. I'm John, and hey, Drew. Hey. A penguin's on vacation driving his car through Rhode Island when he notices the engine light come on. He gets out to look and sees oil dripping out of the motor. He drives to the nearest town and stops at the first gas station he can find. He drops the car off and goes for a walk around town. He sees an ice cream shop and... Being a penguin in Rhode Island during the summer, decides that something cold would really hit the spot. He gets a big dish of ice cream and sits down to eat. Having no hands, he makes a real mess trying to eat with his flippers, and it gets everywhere. After finishing his ice cream, he goes back to the gas station and asks the mechanic if he's found the problem. The mechanic looks up and responds, It looks like you blew a seal. No, no, the penguin replies. It's just ice cream. Ah, uh, I gotta love it. <laughs> Work day's over. Family time is fun. Kids are in bed, and now it's time for the Dad's After Dark Show with your hosts, Steve and John. John, thank you for that great intro. Great joke. But on tonight's show, we're going to be talking about open world games, results of our Mario Party Superstars monthly mayhem, and what everybody has finally been waiting for. Booty Bracket is here. It is live today. Voting has already begun can't wait this is a fun a lot of fun i'm so excited for booty bracket um but john how have you been what's what's new what's going on in, over in colorado world i'm good drew for some reason it feels like it's been so long since our last show um but it's only it's been a couple so weeks i have a question for it. you though okay what do you have an office pillow i'm holding It'll up my on, office I'm, pillow right now I'm not, I'm not really sure what that means okay so this is an avocado pillow you see see his pit like he manscapes yeah. that that looks so, like it's used for your penis insertion <laughs> so so i have an office pillow and my wife caught on to that and then so she bought an office pillow and she said to me she's like this is the greatest thing i now understand why you have an office pillow and let me explain to you and the whole audience how valuable office pillows are basically anywhere you sit at a desk at work um, it can be at home, wherever. And I have an office pillow at all of my desks. It's like, it can be an avocado like this, or it could just be a regular pillow, whatever you want. And what I like to do is I sit with it and I put it between my, I put it. <laughs> what are you doing with that thing? So you put it where? <laughs> I, I generally put it between me and the desk, the front of the desk. Because I, I kind of sit, I mean, because I sit closer to the computer and it just, it's a nice cushion between me. That's because if you sit close to your desk, your, your stomach is going right into the desk. Mm, and I'm not like, an, I'm not an overly big man or anything, but I, I tend to sit aggressively at the desk and lean forward a little bit. And so I always have a pillow. It just goes in my lap and it just, it's so nice so, feeling. I have a question and I need mm -hmm. an honest answer from you, John. Okay. We've been podcasting for over two years. We're on episode 96. Mm -hmm. Have you been 
using this office pillow every episode we've ever recorded? Yes. This blows my fucking mind. I don't get it. I used to have a bear. I used to have a a, a gray little bear. I got this avocado, I think, last year. Um, sometimes sometimes they get a little deflated, and I'll have to get a new one. This guy's pretty plump and fresh. It's like See? a hump pillow. It looks it looks like a string bean, but it you should grab a plushie and just try grab one of your biggest plushies. Okay, and he's, he's doing it right now. Our closest one is Shy Guy. Okay, I, I, I don't. Yeah. Oh, that's a great office pillow. It is. It's. It's. I don't sit close. Like, like I have a good two feet from my desk right now. It's okay, and you just just leave it on your lap. I, I don't. It feels like I'm hump. It feels dirty. Like I feel like. Well, shy guy looks a little dirty. Insert into shy guy. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Listen, I can't do this at work. First of all, because that'd be awkward if I brought it to like an office building. Oh, but I care. It's part of your personality. It. It's. I uh, great. So. Listen, I I, I. I respect you. I. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay with you doing it. I don't think it's for me. Okay. I uh, mean, if if you're at home listening, like, do you use I mean, an office pillow? I, honestly, you got to try it. Just just bring a little stuffy, anything. You a little something a little bigger. He's got a big it. shy guy going. I, I don't care. I'm my, telling my you, guy is it's, not shy. It's so nice. Oh, I can't and I can't sit at my desk without it. Like, I notice it right away. I have to go grab something. Um, that's. God bless you. I mean, I. I, I I don't know. I'm, I'm speechless. I, I can't hear it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, how about that Tom fucking Brady? Oh, my God. This news dropped within the last you know, hour. I, I have something to say about this. because I'm sure you do. His original tweets. If you go back to all the original tweets of everyone saying he's retiring. I I never really thought he said he was retiring, to be honest. He did a lot of, like, thank you for this. I loved my time here. But he never was like... After 22 C, like I'm done. He never blatantly said those words. Yes, he did. Yes. I think you're confusing it because he people were saying he was going to retire Correct. Um, before he actually retired. Agreed. Yeah. Um. So but he did uh, uh, like it was like four or five days after all of that was coming out. Yeah, it was like three or did. four. Yes. I yeah, remember that. I see. I didn't interpret that as a retirement thing. Yeah, I'm gonna try to find. I'm gonna try to find the statement. Um, but While yeah. You look for it, oh yeah, no, I, no, no. I, here it is. 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 Uh, he. Oh no, that's Robert Kraft. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. My playing career has been such a thrilling ride and far beyond my imagination and full of ups and downs. When you're in it every day, you really don't think about any kind of ending. As I sit here now, however, I think all the great players and coaches I was privileged to play with and against the competition was fierce and deep. Mm. Just how we like it. Mm. That's right. But the friendships and relationships are just as fierce and deep. Okay. <laughs> I will remember and cherish these memories and revisit them often. Like the luckiest person, I'm the luckiest person in the world. The future is exciting. I'm fortunate, blah, blah, blah. Da, da, what days will look like, be a work in progress. As I said earlier, I'm going to take it day by day. I know for sure I want to spend a lot of time giving to others and trying to enrich other people's lives, just as so many have done for me with much love, appreciation, and gratitude. I mean, he See? retired. Yeah. No, I, I don't I don't take that as, that's like stirring the pot. You're feeding the fire. Everyone thinks it. Sure, I'm going to put a tweet out that says, thanks to all my fans, thanks to these people. But he never said, like, after this many seasons, the NFL, I am retired, or it was a, like, I'm done. He never said those things. I mean, the dude so, retired. <laughs> well, I don't think so. I mean, he obviously hasn't, but I think, 
I think he was at home for two months. He wasn't training for next year or anything like that. And it happens with a lot of these athletes. They retire and then they get that itch. Well, and then he, they, he, he was probably a Giselle every day. Pain, oh my God. He, he was probably the biggest pain in the ass with her. And then he she's probably, like, you know what, Tom, yeah, if yeah, you want to go play, go fucking play. You're right. She's been begging him to retire. And then she was like, oh my God, get out of here. You're right. <laughs> uh, oh my God. God. I have a new beverage for you. Okay. Of, because I know you like to drink soda. I'm doing it right now. Right. So, Bud Light came out with these called Hard Seltzer Sodas. Um, let me let me get a link for you. Your accent really came out there. Soda, and there's there's three flavors, right? There's um, I'm sorry, there's four flavors. There's a there's a classic cola. There's a cherry cola, an orange soda tastes like a, an orange Fanta, and then there's like citrus soda, which is like a lime. And um, Fanta, they're okay. I'm not gonna say they're nearly as good as like the lemonade Trulies, but mm. if you like, uh, if you like soda, then uh, give them a try. And that's a that's a would you say a Budweiser soda? Yeah, hold on, I'll take you. I'll take a screenshot. It's it's Bud Light, but it's not alcoholic. Oh, it is. Oh, it's an alcoholic soda. It's like an alcoholic seltzer seltzer soda. I can't understand you anymore. <laughs> It's a seltzer. Seltzer soda. Soda. I I don't drink Bud Light. I mean, I really don't drink beer, it's but not, you... I'm telling you, just try these. Okay. I sent you a screenshot of them. I I think they're okay. I think everyone should try these. Their thing is they're very sugary, but even though it says like they're not, it, it feels like you're drinking soda. And I'm not a huge soda drinker, so it wasn't fantastic, but it's good. Like one and done. I think I had three of them, though, so I'm not going to lie. I, oh, I my gosh. Wow. I had to try all the flavors. Yeah. What was the fa- What was your favorite? I like cherry. Cherry cola. It tastes like a cherry Coke with a little okay. bit of alcohol. Okay. All right. Very nice. Yeah. Anything else? else going on for you? Or, uh... Is Monster Mini Golf, is that like a chain out there for you? I have not heard of mm. any chains, actually. Monster Mini Golf is an indoor mini golf course that's like glow in the dark, black light. Oh, okay. I've seen those before. I yeah, don't know if it was that was at a birthday party today. We did one right. of those. And right. The poor son was, we were leaving. You know, they have the arcade and all that stuff. And he got like this little, you remember those old school little swords, right? That you like, kind of like shoot them out with your hand and they, they extend. Like, you know. <sighs> It's like you do like the little flick of a wrist thing, and it's like a tube, so they uh, kind of extend out. Like a lightsaber? Kind of like a lightsaber, but it's like plasticky, and they light up. Anyways, he's got one of those. He was so pumped. We were walking to the car in the parking lot, and the kid took the biggest digger ever over a speed bump and like fell flat on his face, scraped up everywhere, broke the lightsaber thing. Off. It was. It wasn't pretty. Not pretty. Ruined the whole ride home. Oh, yeah. One of those. Man, that's it. Now you got me in the mood, though. You got me in the mood for monster mini golf or for a seltzer for mini golf and have a little seltzer soda. Maybe sneak it in. Flask. All right, Drew. Before we end the intro and get to our manscaped read. Um, I just need to spring a little something on you, Drew. Oh it's time for the gauntlet. Ah, what? Welcome to the gauntlet, Drew. Welcome 
to the gauntlet. Oh, dear. We have 10 questions for you submitted from three of us, and it's time to go. Are you ready? I mean, yeah. Bring all it. Right. Drew, what's your favorite game of all time? Oh, fuck. Uh, Gauntlet Legends, Dark Legacy. <laughs> of course it's Gauntlet. Of course Gauntlet I mean, I Legends. Say it. You opened <laughs> that one up for me. If you had to sell one of your children, who would it be? Evan. Evan? Why? He's the one I sell today. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Costs a lot of money. That was a quick answer. You answered that really fast. Oh, yeah. Okay. I love the kid. Don't get me. I'm not getting into this. Okay. That gauntlet doesn't have explanation. <laughs> Drew, be honest. Have you ever peed in your pool? Yes. <laughs> it's my pool. It's whatever the hell I want. <laughs> this is a question from Hambone Johnny. Would you go on Survivor if you had the chance? Oh, absolutely. Really? 100%. I feel like I don't know if I'd win. I'd 100% make it post-merge. Post-what? They, they know what that means. Okay. I have no idea what that means. You think you, do you, you don't think you can win? I don't know. I feel like isn't maybe. It, isn't it politicking? Like, I mean, really? Politic? I feel like I'd be okay in like the challenges. Maybe not the best, but definitely not the worst. Like, if you win a challenge, you get immunity. But other than that, if you get voted off, it's because people just don't like you. Yeah, I feel like I'm likable. Or or they like you too much and they think you're going to win. God, it's so fucking stupid. Oh, my God. It's All fucking right. fantastic. Who would you rather have sex with? Tris Marigold, but mm. she has COVID. Or okay. Anna Kendrick, but she has herpes. Wow. I did them both <laughs> at the same time and just risk both diseases. <laughs> nope, we got to pick one. Herpes or COVID? I mean, fuck Anna Kendrick. You got to go with her. I mean, it's not—it's not really that hard of a choice. <laughs> Would you just cry because you passed up on Tris? And you're like, no, yeah, I hope I didn't pass up. I mean, I feel like I'd go with the COVID risk. I—I I think you I don't just know. Have to throw all the shenanigans aside and pitch. Who would you rather bone? <laughs> and it'd be Anna Kendrick. All right. All right. What is your biggest guilty pleasure when you're home alone? Masturbation. <laughs> if you, again, answered very quickly. If you were to get any Lego game you wanted, this is from uh, Kevin. This is from Kevin. I thought I maybe not. If you were to get any Lego game you wanted, what would it be? Lord of the Rings saga. So that would probably include all the Lord of the Rings and Hobbit. They did make a Hobbit and Lord of the Rings once back in the day, but I need like I need like a remake, like the Dune with the Skywalker saga. That's yeah, I okay, I got gotcha. you. I might, you know what? I would even be interested in that just to oh. get the story. Yeah, I don't know all of it. Okay, that was from Kevin, by the way. Also from Kevin, if you were single and Anna Kendrick was related to you by marriage. Only, not blood related. So, by marriage, would you still okay. try to fuck her? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At the family reunion. <laughs> All right. You're set to fry on the electric chair. What would your mm. last meal be? Ooh, last meal. Um, that's tough. I, I mean, I like food, but I like too much food that I don't really have a favorite. 
but I guess I'd go with like maybe like a bait stuff lobster or something like that, Ooh. you know, like being a New England guy. Okay. Yeah. All right. Why not? Michelle will like you. She loves lobster tail. Mm-hmm. Last question, and then you're out. Okay. If you could play any golf course in the world, what would it be? Augusta National. Where is that? That's the Masters, Georgia. Georgia? Okay. Yeah. Very nice. You did well. You survived I, the I gauntlet. Survived the gauntlet. You know? Learned a lot about you. Did you, though? We, we probably did. could have predicted half of those answers. I mean, I know that, like, if you're home alone, I don't want to, like, look through any windows. Um, and I learned, like, if you ever were to invite me to your swimming pool, I'm saying no. <laughs> Besides that. <laughs> I didn't say it was a regular occasion, but it was probably <laughs> like when I fell asleep drinking, like, eight Trulies that day. Like, it's just, like, I'm not getting out of the pool at that point. Like, I was committed. You look around, the kids, the wife are in the house. Yeah, like if it's like, a eh. party or the kids are in, I'll get out of the pool. And I actually just, we, <laughs> true story. <laughs> I, I we I made this area when we redid the backyard. I'll take a picture. I'll post it. It's like this little area near the stairs. And I bought like a fake fire hydrant. And I put it there for the dog. It says at the bottom of the stairs, since I took away most of his grass, he can go down the stairs. There's like a little pea gravel around it. And he'll, he'll, he can pee on it. He'll run mm. right back upstairs if it's cold out. So then it turned into like, if the kids have to go to the bathroom, I taught them not to go in the pool. And they're all wet. They're not going to go in the house. So they pee on the fire hydrant. <laughs> so now it's just become, if I have to pee, I pee on the fire hydrant as well. Wow. So it's like a family pissing area. Wow. Fantastic. The wife does not piss there, though. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell us about Manscaped. Manscaped. Can I get a woot woot for Manscaped? Because today, started to announce their brand new ultra premium collection. Because believe it or not, they're moving above the bikini line. And I'm talking about upgrading the man in your life's hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all-in-one skin and hair care for every day man that covers him from head to toe. Uh, Manscaped is trusted below the waist and now is trust them with the rest above the waist. Help them join the 4 million men and women right, worldwide who look great and smell great thanks to Manscaped. Uh, by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping and use the code NINDADS, N-I-N-D-A-D-S. That's it, John, from Manscaped. How are you doing with your Manscaped products? I'm running low. I haven't received my new package yet. I'm hoping there's some more uh, shampoo and stuff in there. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed. Um, still, I still have the shampoo and conditioner going. It's lasting me a long time because I, my, I wear my hair buzzed. Um, so it's going to last forever. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I still use it. Enjoy it. I do need to get back onto a um, like a dollar shave club service again mm, i i had dollar right shave now. club for years and i don't i don't shave all the, i don't shave every day and so i had amassed a whole bunch of these just getting one per month and i had so many extra and i i just decided i'm just gonna cancel it i canceled it a couple of years ago at least and i'm still going through blades and i said when i run out i want to try um like a different service besides dollar shave club there's um Henry's? No, what am I thinking of? Harry's. Oh, yeah, Harry's. Um, So I might try something different. Um, But my son, who has like, he's starting to get some facial hair. He's just about to turn 15. um, And he'll get like a unibrow if he just leaves it. And it's funny because as it builds up, it makes him look mad. 
because it's like it kind of furs in or whatever. So every so often I'll use like electric shaver and do it, but I find it's very ineffective for some reason. So I've been using razor blades and I decided the other day to give him my razor because I have a mm -hmm. few cartridges left. Few, like I have 15 cartridges left. And so now he has my three blade dollar shave club razor. And yet uh, I still have like 20 blades of my five blade. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to get to the end uh, probably by the end of the year. So uh, if and do you use one of those services? I don't. How often do you change the blade? Uh, Probably every couple weeks, maybe. Yeah, I feel like I don't change it probably enough. Yeah. I was just today. I do like I'll do an electric. I'll use my electric shaver first and then mm -hmm. i'll clean it all up with like a like a yeah five blade right yeah gillette razor whatever you know is what i just have yeah i've been going through blades more quickly the last year just because i have so many it's like yeah let me just use a fresh yeah. one today or something but and it is nothing like using a nice fresh blade it's, it is uh, yeah um so yeah I, I i definitely love those services i'm gonna need a new one soon but anywho um Let's uh, get into the bounty board. The bounty board. So bounties, we still have the same two available. Um, no one seems to be going for them, but that's okay. We're going to leave them here. Uh, Shovel Knight Pocket Dungeon beat the game with King Knight. I can I can hear Drew just, just you're shaking your head, man. Chill it. Just it's, it, it was a it, bad idea. Just admit it. We'll, we'll keep it a little bit longer. It's okay. Uh, maybe the game when the game goes on sale, maybe someone will try it. Uh, beat the game with King Knight. Um, just roll credits with King Knight. Ten dollars each shop cash. Um, the other one that's still on the board. I'm I'm thinking we might see this one roll off the board. Reveal yeah. the entire map in Horizon Forbidden West for ten bucks. Now oh, I, I did it. Did. I did it, Drew. Yes, last I week know. I finished the map. Uh, I'm not going to claim the reward, but I did finish the map. I know uh, Solo Something has been playing this game. Uh, I don't know who else might be playing it in the Discord. Um, but yeah, like now's the time where you can like start finishing up that map. Um, so that one's there. We don't have a new bounty this week. We do expect to have a Kirby bounty Ooh. next week. You so know, I never played the demo. You still can. I still can. It's pretty short. It's not long. It's just been busy. Life, yeah. life is in the way. You know? Um, no, the game looks great. It does inform you that it's not an open world. I mean, it, like, it's not an open world game. That's what I learned from the demo. Um, so yeah, keep it keep in mind, like I know a lot of people will be playing Kirby, so so watch out for our bounty that's gonna be uh coming up on the next episode. Um, see if you can nail it quickly. Um we also have a result from our February reviews, a uh, mm -hmm. big Drew 412. Not related. Little did you know that was actually me. <laughs> uh, he won the $10 prize. He left a review on Apple. I believe that was, yeah, his review was on Apple. And uh, congrats, Big Drew 412. You win 10 bucks. Um, and remember, we need more reviews. Keep them coming. Yeah. March reviews yep. are here. Yep. We're in March. Uh, new reviews. If you've already reviewed, review again. Write something else. Give us an update. If the show's getting worse, let us know. If the show's getting better, let us know. You, you can't give us change, more than five stars. You could probably change one or two words and just hit resubmit, and it will change the date. Yep. It helps us out. Um, so you can do that on Podchaser. You can do that on Apple. Uh, $10 on the line. Again, it's going to be every single month um, for March reviews. 
And now what you are listening for, we have the results of the Mario Party Superstars Monthly Mayhem. Do. And it was a doozy. This was a battle um, really between three people, to be honest. These guys were going back and forth <laughs> intensely for, intensely for the last three Last week or so, I would say. But um, remember, this was for the four mini games that we played. Um, and it was great. So we had nine people. I'm going to give Ebisel in there just because it was a little late submission there. But um, Ebisel kind of made it on the board there. And it was a, a blast. Uh, John, you kind of came in last place. I, you know, I hate to. Not anymore. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever I, I did my scoring early and I, I meant to get back to it. And I just never did. So uh, I'll I'll pick up the rear, except the Evacel might have saved me. Mm. Um, but yeah. The but, one thing I learned is nobody can jam buttons as fast as I can. And it must be all of that alone time practice, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm impressed that your score was so unassailable. It's funny because when I got that 63 yards, it was like I was kept playing. I was getting like 55, 58. And then all of a sudden, just randomly, I got 63. Like, I don't know what I did differently. Mm -hmm. And then I tried again yesterday and I couldn't even get 60. And I think I tried eight times. And I said, my hand's done. Like I'm, fall like, I'm, I'm throwing in the towel. Yeah. That's how I was with ring fit. Like after a while, I just couldn't yeah. compete anymore. Like your arm is probably still has that fatigue. Yep. Um, all the games were fun except for stick and spin, which was torture. You know, 45 minutes. I remember I was sitting there for a dance class with my wife in the car. And I was like, let me try these games. And I did stick and spin. I looked up and it was like 15 minutes until they were done. I was like <laughs> my whole fucking time in this car playing <laughs> stick and spin, having no fun whatsoever. But you were the only one that had posted a score Mm. And I was only happy that I had just barely beat you. Well, I mean, here's what happened was when I was looking for the four mini games to play, I wanted to play ones that people didn't know. I was like, oh, this one's not in the game. So let's let's try it. Uh, and I tried it and I agree. The game's terrible. I'm not going to debate that. But it was also intriguing the first time you play because there's each round advances like a new tactic that's added in some way. Right. So I was like, oh, what's the next tactic? What's the next scam going to be? Mm -hmm. And then after I played it, like you said, for 45 minutes, I said, wow, that game sucked. I'm putting everybody else through the same, you know, misery that I just went through <laughs> because I'm not going to be the only person ever played this game. So that's kind of how it got added. But uh, <laughs> so the winner of this month, uh, Monthly Mayhem, goes to, with 51 total points out of 60, the Ninformant. Uh, so you, sir, win $15 eShop credit. Reach out to Marty. Uh, he'll get that for you. He's on a a roll. Very close. Uh, Bob Cousy coming in right after that uh, with 47 points just behind. And Texas Trey with 43 points right behind there. Uh, I finished in fourth. Nick Tendo, uh, fifth. Hambone Johnny sits. Chris HL, 94, was seventh. Zablant, eight. And Ebisel was nine. Um, so with that, that was uh, you get all those points now turn into lottery balls, and we did uh, a random number generator, and the random winner for this month, uh, monthly mayhem, goes to in seventh place, Chris HL ninety four. Congratulations, you win the random drawing this month for ten dollars each shop card. You also reached out to Marty, and you will get that claimed for you as well. And that's going to wrap up this month. 
Uh, but John, what's coming up next? Uh, you know, I think we can. I think it's. Uh, I think it's okay. I think it's safe. The time to, you know, let it out of the bag. I think we can. Before I do, I want to point out in the Mario Tennis Gunstar Heroes Monthly Mayhem, Chris HL ninety four won it, and Informant won the lotto. Wow! Wow! We're going to have That's to it. post that at one point because we keep track of every winner and every random drawing winner. So we'll have yeah. to find a spot for like a Hall of Fame board of some sort. <laughs> I mean, that's just like crazy. I was like, yeah, I was like, I feel like they've both been like wrecking and informant won the Halloween contest. Don't forget either. So Ooh. he's been on a roll. Um, he has been. Yeah. He um, won a bounty too. Yes, he did. Um, big fan. Just big fan. He is a big fan. That's okay. Yeah. Um, our next mayhem, we don't have the details yet, but the next monthly mayhem is going to be coming up this Friday. Friday, you say? What's coming out on Friday? It's going to be the new Mario Kart courses, DLC pack one. Um, so we are going to theme our contest around the eight new courses that are coming out in DLC pack one. We'll have details later, uh, maybe in a little mini-sode or whatever. We'll publish them to the dad's discord. Um, I think we're trying to throw a little gimmick in here, Drew. What do you think? We haven't really talked about this, but just what you want to do. You want to take away the skilled players. Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Maybe we should force everyone to use the same card combination. Oh, God. Maybe. Maybe we, we would do something like that, like Donkey Kong. Something stupid. On a banana. Yeah. yeah but we'll, um, we'll, figure we'll it have out. details for that one. But yeah. I mean, I can't wait this week. We're going to start seeing everyone playing Mario Kart again for a little yeah. while. Um, we need to play I some Mario Kart. have Friday off, John. Ooh. Like, not even work from home. The day's off for myself. What are you doing Friday? Nothing. I'm doing nothing. That's well, the we, then we know it. what you're doing now. Um, maybe I should take Friday off and we can play some kart or something. I'll play some kart. All right. Speaking of, uh, if you guys are McDonald's fans, they are giving out um, Mario Kart Happy Meal toys. I got Donkey Kong the other day for my son. Oh, really? Yeah, my daughter wanted like a cheeseburger or something. We were out. We were coming home. I said, all right. I'll, and I just said, what, you know, I'll just grab an extra toy. Um, yeah, no, it's Donkey Kong toy. Very nice. What we've been playing. So my games have uh, been slim lately, John. I've been not, I've been busy, like I said, with life, but I've been playing a little bit. I did finish up Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door with the family. I think we hit close to 40, maybe 35 hours, I think I think the save file said. Uh, we pretty much 100%ed it as far as we could oh, go nice. with pretty much finding everything, getting everything. We did all of the... We actually went back after we beat the game and finished up. There's a few more missions you can do, like uh, from the Trouble Center. We did all of those. Uh, fun game. Love the game. The kids loved it. They had a blast. I think that's a great time, too. You said 35, 40 hours to 100%. That's, yes. a, that's a good time for an RPG. Yeah, I agree. Perfect. Um, and then, of course, I've been playing Majora's Mask. John, I fucking love this game. Like, love it. Like, it it's it's so much reminds me of how and reasons why I love the classic Zelda concept, right? Of you do a dungeon, you get a few items, you get a few masks, you get a few new weapons, and then between you beat that dungeon, you go explore the world, and you find new little things and side quests and missions, you know, until you get tired of doing that, you know, go start the next dungeon, and, and, and the levels are, like, awesome. 
you know, the, and I, I've never played this game, 100% fact. I don't think I ever got out of the swamp when I was a kid. And, the, and when I played on 3DS, I think I stopped at the same spot in the damn swamp. Uh, but it's just, it's amazing. It, there's so many small little details for N64 game. I think this is pretty damn good. Like a lot of little, you know, like stars twinkling in the sky type stuff, like, like minor, but pretty crazy details for, for that old of a game. But I am, I am close to getting done. I am using a guide. Like I said, uh, according to the guide, there's like, they break down the 12 chapters. I'm at the end of chapter 11. I'm just starting the stone temple. Uh, I totally don't remember the format of the game, but that's, that's the thing. I don't remember any of it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you have the swamp area and then you have the, the, the Goron's area, which is like starts in the snow and then you have to make it not snowy. And then you have to go to the Zora's and you go to go into the water. And and then now I'm in the stone area. Do you have to do it in that order or is it, it's not open, right? You You kind of have to do it it in that order, I believe. Yep. Uh, it's just fantastic. I'm, I'm having absolute fun. I'm getting every mask. It's just exploring it is is great, and uh, can't. I kind of don't want it to end. It was to a point like I'm going to play Ocarina of Time, but then I was like, whoa, whoa, slow down there. And uh, I think I'm going to have to pick up a new game because we'll talk about later. You know what's next besides Kirby? So maybe more to come on that next week. But Kirby. that's all. I've all been playing those two games. Very nice. And I know you've um, been playing quite a bit. I have been playing quite a bit. Um... I want to start off with Triangle Strategy. This was a big uh, Switch release a couple of weeks ago. Gosh, about 10 days ago. I was really hyped up for this game. I love turn-based stuff. Um, and I'm not going to say that this game is bad. It is not what I wanted it to be. So, so basically, Triangle Strategy is... Think of it as like a turn-based strategy game. Um, you know, akin to a Fire Emblem Advance Wars, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it has more story to it. And I think one of the tricks to this game is that you make decisions through the game. And those decisions have an impact on the story that's being told. It seems very indirect. Um, I forgot how they classified the three kinds of decision. There's like liberty and something. I don't know. And, but when you make a decision, it's not like a direct impact. They don't ask you where, which way do you want to go, left or right? It's more like answer some questions and then... We're going to have everybody vote on where we go, left or right, and then we'll go. So I don't know. And it does affect the story. So everyone who plays is going to have a different story play out. Um, And in between those story segments is going to be battles. And that's kind of what I'm here for. And that's kind of what I'm not getting. I've been playing this game for about 10 days. And I think I've done three battles in the game. Three, um, there is a hub where you can do practice battles that they call uh, mental battles or something. They try to say that these battles aren't real. Um, they're happening mentally, but they do help you level up. So it behooves you to do these levels to sort of grind between the regular battles. And I think you can do them multiple times. And so I've done all the ones that are always available to me. Plus... when you level up characters, they get new moves and you also are learning how to play this game yourself because there is this concept of directionality. After you finish a move, you want to direct your, your, the, the, the character you just used in a direction and you strategize that way. I think it's like final fantasy tactics and some other games, not any games I've played, but, um, maybe Mario and rabbits a little bit, but yeah. So like after you move, you're like, 
which direction I want to face, because if somebody hits you in the back, it's like a critical hit. Ooh, yep, yep. Um, so you want to kind of get your back up against the wall or your back up against another player, um, something like that. I, I like it. It's just fine. However, the story in this game rambles on and on and on. I told you, I think I told you last week, I had three play sessions in a row. I think maybe four, but I had a small one where I didn't do a single battle. I was just hitting a, 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 a for story segments. If you're not in a story, you're either in a battle or you're walking around a town. So there'll be these parts where, where like, for example, one of the characters had to get fitted for a wedding dress. And so your character, who's the main character of the game is like, ah, I should just like check the town out while she's getting fitted for this dress. And you're just hmm. in this area and you walk around. It's not a big area. And you walk around. There's a bunch of people standing around and you walk up. They're not even moving. You, you, you talk to them. They might give you information that will inform a, uh, a story decision later. Um, so they might give you a choice of two options to respond with, but you get a third one because you talk to this character over here. It's so boring. I mean, like, I just, I look, I just want to battle. I think the game gets better. I know several people playing the game. Uh, James is playing the game. Fartsy's playing the game. I know people playing the game. Dan's playing the game. They all love it. So I'm continuing on. I'm not trying to crap on this game. I was hyped for it. I'm not crapping on the genre. But I feel like, especially the way they started it, it's so story heavy. And and I love a good story, but so much of the story is repetitive too. I, I said, four times your father is having a heart attack and then he doesn't die. And then eventually he gives you control of the kingdom and stuff like, it's just like, Dude, I know I'm taking over. Great. It's just a lot of repetition. Um, but I'm continuing to play. Just to like extend the game that they just wanted a long RPG type game. It's it's kind of like they want to make sure you understand the story so they be a little repetitive about it. Um, the story is moving a little more. It's not like being super repetitive, like I am right now. But yeah, God, it's just like, dude, I I shouldn't be able to sit down for three sessions in a row just hitting A and advancing dialogue. You got to oh, get through the story a little faster. I wouldn't have made it. <laughs> Fire Emblem does this in like the classic games, especially like the 3DS games where you do a battle and then there's like story sequence and then you do a battle and then there's a story sequence. That's what I like. When you finish a battle, your reward is hearing more about the story. That's what made Awakening so good. And the, the cinematics were fantastic. In this game, the graphics are kind of blah. They look totally uprezzed for some reason. It doesn't look clear. It looks blurry. It doesn't look as good as Octopath, even though they're using the same engine. And I think it's because they're doing like more of an isometric view. The voice acting's awful. It's not the worst I've ever heard. Most of the individual voices are fine. There's a few that are bad. And unfortunately, one of them that is just awful is the main character. He has no emotion, no inflection. A lot of these people look like they're reading the dialogue for the first time and sort of like reacting as they read it rather than this is a person saying it. And the other thing I noticed this week is a lot of the voices sound different because very clearly these these lines were recorded at people's own houses. So if there's like 20 to 30 characters in this game, every one of those people was recording from their own studio at home uh. and characters like I think her name is Geely. It just sounds bad. Um, so, like I said, it's not the worst voice acting game. There's not like these really bad, 
lines like in Resident Evil. It's just they don't sound emotional at all. It just feels like nobody understood the story when they did their lines. It's mm-hmm. just bad. So the game's getting a little better with the battles um, and I'm continuing to play it. But man, the start of this game is just dreadful. I can't right now. I wouldn't recommend it, but we'll see. I could totally change my story in a couple weeks. Um, I did finish Horizon Forbidden West. Woo-hoo. My first PlayStation Platinum ever. And it's not like I've been playing PlayStation for the last month. I mean, I'm talking on PS4. I've never yeah, platinum anything. Big deal, but I wouldn't know, John. I don't see. <laughs> <laughs> I did not cheat at all at this. Um, their achievements were very doable. Like you didn't have to do everything in the game. If there were, you know, five levels to the arena, you only had to beat the first level to get the trophy. You could go and beat all five levels and get a really cool weapon or piece of armor. But the achieve the, the achievement was just doing it for the first tier. Um, and there was a lot of it. You had to win a couple races to get a trophy, even though there's like four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, I opened up the whole map. That didn't even give me a trophy, by the way. Hmm. But I'll, I'll say right now, so far, this is my game of the year. Probably not a surprise because it's, you know, a game that came out in February and it's like a top tier um, first party game for PlayStation. But I'm pretty surprised considering that I didn't much like the first game because I rushed through it and I loved this game. I played 80 hours of this game, platinumed it, and I still don't think I'm done. I think I might go back and try to finish the legendary tier of the arena, maybe finish the last couple races. Um, Just fantastic. And the thing about this game is so much quality of life. Um, They let you fast travel for free. Um, in the first game, you had to like buy travel kits and stuff like that. Ugh. Here, you can fast travel between all of the campfires. Um, you do have to use a kit if you're fast traveling from anywhere. So it's not like Breath of the Wild where you can just fast travel whenever. And it's not like ga- you know, like something new. It's just the first game didn't do it this way, and that was a big pet peeve of mine. Um, finding materials for the upgrades is really cool. If you have a bow. And you need like six or seven items to upgrade it to, you know, upgrade the strength and all that. You can click a button that says create job and it will show you on your map locations with machines that you can kill to get the items that you need for your bow. So you don't have to just blindly go around the map and see if you can find, um, you know, a, a particular machine that you can try to blow up to get a particular part. They'll tell you where to go look. Um, even if you haven't been in that part of the land yet, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And I would sit down sometimes for an hour and just go, Hey, I want to upgrade this bow. This is my main bow. Um, I'm just gonna spend some time and I create a job and go, all right, I need to go to this area and try to shoot the gun off of this particular machine. It was really cool. I I've never seen that before in a game. Um, really love that. And then the biggest quality of life improvement by far, and I don't think this has ever been done in an open world game, is you can override the birds. Um, these are big machine birds and ride the birds whoo, right over the open world. Um, totally seamless. You just start flying. You fly above the trees, below the trees. You can, you can swoop down to ground level and come back up. Um, everything is there. It's all rendered. It's all real time. Um, super cool, especially when you're looking in, um, areas that you haven't been, you can swoop, you know, you don't even have to go that low and find new campfires, new, new rebel camps, that sort of thing. And then just go back to them later. Um, 
super cool. It does make some of the missions in the game really easy. So if you were like struggling to climb cliffs to get, you know, radar parts and that sort of thing, lenses, um, later on in the game, you just fly there with the bird. <laughs> so it kind of makes some of them you a don't little get the bird till much easy. later in the game. You, it's not super late in the game to me. I think it was about midway through the game for me, but I was like, I was like 40 hours in, I think before I got it. Um, yeah. So if you're playing this game, like don't try to grind and see everything while you're on foot later on, you'll get a bird. It'll make it a lot easier. It'll save you tons of hours. Um, so I will say that, but yeah, like I said, the only big gripe I had with the game besides a couple of bugs that stunted me on a couple quests, but they fixed them is uh, there's so many weapons, so many different kinds of bows, and most of the bows differ with the kind of ammo they use. Um, sometimes there's more powerful ammo that requires more resources, and then um, less powerful arrows that require very little resources to build. And then they have uh, bows that have fire, ice. There's like 13, 14 different elements. And so it ends up, you end up with like, 15 different bows and I don't know it's just mentally hard to manage I didn't quite enjoy that I would sometimes spend five minutes and look through my bows and go which is the one I should be using um you know I don't know it, it was just a little too much I I really would have preferred if you just give me a, a light bow a medium bow a heavy bow and then like let me unlock elements like oh now you can use acid and you can use it with any bow you want like it mm. should be an arrow thing not a bow thing yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was my biggest pet peeve. But this game has maybe the best battle system in gaming history. Fighting wow. these machines is so satisfying, so fun. That require it's there's a difficulty involved. Um, when you fight a machine, you're trying to shoot off small armor pieces that you can highlight. And so, like for example. It's kind of like Monster Hunter, right? There's a, a, a particular, like they like say, there's a behemoth and he's got certain parts of armor and he's got a part of him that's very weak and a part of him where if you shoot it with acid, it can explode um, and he might have guns on him and you try to shoot these pieces off. If you shoot the guns off of him, you can grab the gun and use the gun on him. Um, if you shoot the part that explodes with acid, you just use the right bow, you can get an explosion. Um, the more armor you shoot off, the weaker they become. There's so much strategy to it. Also, shooting parts off, sometimes you can't shoot those parts off once they're dead. So you don't want to kill them. You just want to shoot the parts off. And it requires accuracy with the bow. So you're just trying to like slow, you can slow time down. It's so cool. There's so much strategy. And then you use those parts to make, to improve your weapons. So like I said, it's very much like Monster Hunter. Um, but it's more accurate than Monster Hunter. When you play Monster Hunter, you're swinging your sword. It's kind of slow. You don't know what you're going to hit. You're trying to be accurate, but there's a, it's mm -hmm. kind of lossy. In this, you can be pinpoint, slow time down, bam, like nail a little piece. It, it might be the best battle system in any game I've ever played. It's just so fun, so deep, so difficult. Um, I was fantastic. So uh, it's my game of the year so far. And um, Yeah, I guess I'm done talking about that now. I had a, I had a good ride for about a month. And then last, I'll try not to be too long, but I did start Elden Ring this past Thursday. Um, obviously, everybody's playing it. I'm trying not to talk too much about it on Twitter because everyone's talking about it on Twitter. And it's just annoying. And I've seen so many videos I have to like avoid looking at for spoilers. Um, every It seems like everyone's kind of playing Elden Ring because, you know, we're in gaming social media. So we're all pretty good gamers. So we're going to play difficult games. 
I don't know how much of the casual market is playing Elden Ring, um, but I've enjoyed it. I've I've enjoyed it. My opinion of it so far, I'm about 14 hours in is um, it's just it's like it's like a, it's just like any other Souls game, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, whatever, just with more land. It, it hmm. when you play the game, it just feels like a Souls game. It doesn't feel like something different. It clearly is. There is more land and um, you can go in multiple directions. When you start the game, you come out of the cave, you can go forward, you can go to the left, you can go to the right, you can go back. Um, there's different orders. It's very open. Um, so that's cool. But it's still, once you get to, like, you might find a cave. And in that cave, there will be a, a boss. And there might be a couple rooms and whatever. Not a big thing. And you go through it. And then you beat a boss. And then you're done with the cave. And then you leave the cave. It's self-contained. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's it's kind of like what a shrine is in Breath of the Wild. Though more than likely harder. Um, there are castles you can find. Um, same thing. You can explore the castle, um, beat some enemies, get past them, get to a secret room. You might find a treasure chest with something. That's it. If you never found the castle, you might be totally fine. You know, there's like one item in there. It's that sort of thing. It's open. You don't mm-hmm. have to do all these things. There's a few things you probably have to do in the game, but you know, that's it. It feels like Breath of the Wild because, and we'll talk more about this later. When you start the game, they don't give you any direction whatsoever. You can just, they just drop you in and you're like, okay, go explore, find some stuff to kill, have fun. Um, I've always regarded Breath of the Wild as one of the most non handholdy games I've ever played, which is surprising because Zelda games often were the most handholdy yeah. games. This game tops it in terms of. There's but no handle. There's got to be a solid story, right? There's no story. <laughs> there's well, a. I, but isn't, a, isn't, isn't George R. R. Martin involved in this? I mean, wasn't. Yeah. So how is there not something? Or he was more in the design aspect of the world. I, I've always theorized that, yeah, he, he played a very small consulting role. Um, you know, at the time they announced this, Game of Thrones was huge. And so they now, just wanted to tie his name to it, and they did, and it probably worked. They found some reason to attach his name to it. That was the big thing. There's so little story here. I don't know how it'll end, but I'm 14 hours in, and it's like, uh, it starts off as every other Dark Souls game. Hey, you're sort of this undead dude. Um, they call you Tarnished. In other games, they call you other names. And then, you know, every so often, there's like this girl, uh, um, Marina, she shows up. Melina shows up. And she gives you some weird nonsense story about the two fingers and, you know, like that. It's just nonsense. Anybody could have written it. It just sounds mysterious. The intro sequence is very well voice acted, but it's also just full of gobbledygook words. Hmm. Nobody cares about the story. You just you're just going around trying to discover places, trying to discover bosses, killing them and hopefully getting something and leveling up over and over again. It it feels just like a Dark Souls game. If you like Dark Souls, you'll love this. Um, if you don't like Dark Souls, you won't like this. It doesn't feel like, it's not going to be like, ooh, I liked Breath of the Wild. I didn't like Dark Souls, but I love Breath of the Wild. I should try this. Yeah. No, it's Dark Souls. That's it. Um, there's a lot of good things about it. I made a couple tiny lists. It's not as hard as the previous games. And I mean, like that's subjective, I guess. Um, even Michelle is playing this game and she doesn't do great with the battling, 
but she just loves the world and looking around for things. Um, so she's been playing this. Uh, the battles in the game are fairly easy most of the time. Um, the bosses are the hard part. Um, but it's really the game has not been as hard. Every boss battle, if you die, you continue right before the boss battle. You go at it again. I have fought bosses sometimes 20 to 30 times. But it's OK. You die. You just come right back. You're right there. Um, this open world has the best mount anywhere. Um, I think Hambone and I talked about uh, Valhalla having the best horse. Um, it seems like games are realizing the horses don't need to be realistic. Uh, Breath of the Wild had one of the worst horses. It was never available if you were in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. This game, you press one button combination, the horse magically appears below you, and you're going. And then you can just click one button, and the horse disappears. I that's like it. it. You don't call no, them. You don't no wait for them. Asked. No, I think right. that's the problem. A lot of these games you talked about in Red Red uh, Redemption when you played it is mm -hmm. like they're trying to be too realistic, right? Like yes. you said, I, Red Redemption was the one that you had to, you know, you pulled out, you loot the guy. That was what it was. Like, nobody cares. Just <laughs> magically make my horse appear and let me ride it. Exactly. I don't need to see it. You know, was it, you know, I don't need to see a pona coming from the distance and like, a cut scene of a pony coming up and link it. And I, I don't need that. I just want a pony to be there. I want to jump on her and I want to ride away. Yeah. You, and know? you played the Witcher too. Remember you call for Roach. Yep. And then Roach will appear behind you and you got to kind of walk over to. Yeah. And it's like, this one's just like, just it's already unrealistic that I call my horse and they're always there. Like just that, yeah. put me on. You're instantly put on. It's great. And there's only one horse. You don't have to recruit horses or upgrade yep. horses. Um, best mount ever. Um, and I think the formula gets perfected in this because in Dark Souls, you're constantly in a stressful situation. You might be in a dungeon or something. You die, you come back, you're still in that dungeon. Here, there's a lot more outdoor. There's a sun. Um, and if you are stressed out or you're having trouble with a boss, you're the safe point. I mean, the, the, like the, the warp point is right near the boss. You can just leave and yeah. just do something else. Go out in oh, the forest and, and just grind on some peon enemies or go look for golden seeds or something. It lets you just take a break. So overall, the game is um, much more lower stress. The only times I've really been really stressed in the game is when you're really trying to beat a boss and you just can't do it and you don't want to stop till you do it. So it's funny because the way in Blood and Dungeon into this more later, but the way you describe these two games, if you said, Drew, which one would you want to play? Which two? I, I Between this and Horizon. Okay. I think I would say Elden Ring. Possibly so. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, knowing my play style, I think that's... No need, no need to pick one. <laughs> Not when you're John. Yeah. Um, I did none because I, I'll never be able to play them, John. I no. can't wait to talk about it. Um, right, yeah. But there is a lot of bad to this game. And... Look, this is not a 10 out of 10 game. I know it got some perfect scores. I, I was like, there's no way this game's a, a perfect score. It is not. There's some bad stuff. First of all, we talked about it. There's no story. The story is stupid. Nobody cares about the story. You would say, well, John, there is a story. There's a lore if you take the time to read about it or whatever. No one cares about the story. Nobody we have a group chat. These games. Can we all agree on that? <laughs> Nobody is sitting there reading like a 30-page book that you find in a house even in the witcher nobody's doing that i don't understand it yeah skyrim did it witcher did it nobody's so doing stupid. that nobody cares 
we have a no. group chat and we talk about this game. Nobody goes, oh, wow, what a great, you know, story sequence I just yeah. reached or whatever. Nobody gives a fuck. Um, one of my bigger complaints is some of the bosses give you nothing. The first Oof. boss I played in this game, I found this little cave entrance. I went inside. I love the caves, by the way. Um, I found a cave, found a safe point in there, went inside. Um, there's like a, a hand, small handful of rooms. You find a way to open up the gate so you can get to the final boss. And the, the boss kicked my ass over and over a couple dozen times. Finally beat it. So satisfied. I got nothing. Oof. You get like maybe a little item. You definitely get some of like runes that you can use to level up but you don't get a ton of runes. And I was like, I didn't get anything. That was my first disappointment in the game. I was like, I took me an hour. Yeah. I got nothing, nothing. It was yeah. a totally optional boss. That's fine. I, I can level up. I can learn. I can get items. It's fine. But give me something of whatever. I don't know. I just oh, beat a boss today. Yeah. I beat a boss today that was really hard. And I got like a magic spell that I can't use because I'm not a magic user. <laughs> um so that i think i think they need to do better with that a lot of people have reported they get weapons that they they can't use because you need a certain amount of strength or dexterity mm. to use so it might be 20 hours before they can use that weapon yeah that's happened in souls games before that, that's um, open world concept right there for you yeah but i think area. it's yeah. i think it's lazy design especially early on in the in the, in the big first area Give people things they can use. Give them different kinds of weapons that they can use. And see what they like, right? Try right. Yeah. What, what I mean, like I start off level like level 14 strength and I got a weapon that required level 40. Yeah. It's stupid. Like I don't know. Inventories slim it by that time, probably, right? You're trying not to you know, yes. you're saving everything. You you're don't know holding what's it. good and what's bad. So you just you know. Um the map sucks my balls. It's wow. one of the worst maps in a game I've ever seen. Now, do you mean just the map itself, not the actual world? Not the world. Yes, the world's but great. The, world the world's map. beautiful. Um, the map, the map is... is sucks. They put you in the map. You don't see any detail in the world. So it's a lot like Breath of the Wild. You're in this, you know, section that looks like a country or something, but there's no detail to it. If you find, they call them Lost Grace. Those are like the bonfires of Souls games. They'll show that on the map, but you don't see you know, that there's water here or whatever. And then uh, in each area, just like with the tower in breath of the wild, there's a little map stone thing. And if you find it or you get near it, they'll show it to you on the invisible map, but otherwise you have to find it. And then they show you a detailed picture of the, the, the land. Mm. And it's so vibrant and colorful that it makes everything that appears on that map really hard to see. It's hard to sometimes see where you are on the map and it's hard to see the lost grace locations and other things because it's so vibrant and colorful. Like it needed to be a little bit more muted. So the other stuff stands out. It's hard to see it. It's weird. Um, and then you have to find those map pieces in all the areas. Um, so I wish they could do that better. I could almost see them patching that a little bit and just it, it's too vibrant. Um, mm. And then uh, lastly, and I think this is one of the more serious. I think this should take a half point off the review completely. The crafting is so stupid and so phony and fake in this game. Um, I've never seen crafting in a Dark Souls game. As far as I know, there is no crafting in any other game. 
I played Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro. Never seen crafting uh, that I remember. This game has crafting because every open world game has to have crafting. When you walk around the world, there's all of these little objects that glimmer. They don't have like a Tomb Raider button where you click and it shoots out a radar and makes things stands out. So you kind of have to look, but for the most part, they glow. You can you can usually see it. Um, and then you can craft. To craft, you have to find cookbooks in the world um, to get recipes. So it's not about like discovering them like Breath of the Wild where you, you mix a few things. You have to find a cookbook. Okay, that's fine. You buy them generally from sellers and you can craft new things. Okay. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to it. It doesn't tell you what that cookbook is going to give you. You just buy it and hope for the best. Um, you need to buy containers for everything you craft. So oh. you might know how to craft a fireball, like a, like a, like a Molotov cocktail or something, but you have to craft it into a container. So you have to find them. Um, okay. I have four. It's like, okay. And uh, to top it all off, None of the items so far that I can craft are worth shit. Um, one of the things you can craft is um, an item that sets your sword on fire. This has been in Dark Souls, I think, for a while. I don't know. I haven't found an enemy that is really effective. If I'm getting my ass kicked by a boss, a fire sword doesn't make it much easier. Yep. Um, I did find one boss that was susceptible to a, a Molotov cocktail. Great. But when I finally beat them, I only used one. Um, and then if you fight a boss and use a Molotov cocktail and you die... You don't get it back. You, you've used it, and now it's gone. Uh, we've talked about this. It's yes. one of those type of save systems. Yeah. And these bosses are so hard, it's like, well, gosh, I can throw a bunch of Molotov cocktails at this guy, but I'm using all of these items that I found, crafted yeah. these items, and then I'm probably going to die anyway. Uh, so you, you certainly wouldn't want to use it until you have the, the boss totally understood and in this case, it just never, I don't know, it never happens. One time I like, wasted all my Molotov cocktails and was like, all right, I guess I'll find a different strategy. Um, and then so on top of it off, as you're walking across the land, these items are all over the place. And you, you always get a little excited, you know, oh, is it an item? And you're like, oh, no, it's just a flower, you know, okay. It's totally, I've, I've just, it, I've, it's never benefited me at all. You have the flasks that help you up. That's, that's your health thing. There's no potions to make. Nothing of real substance. And a lot of these items I've seen in other Souls games. So it's like they took them away from you and they make you craft them. They're just not cool. So it just leaves you navigating this land, constantly picking up flowers and whatever. And I, I do it going, why, I, why am I wasting my time with this? But you feel compelled to keep picking yeah. these things up. I just feel like it was something they shoehorned in because it's an open world and that's what you do in open worlds. You pick flowers, you pick roots, you do all this stuff. All the open world games do it. They did it. You don't need to do it. You, uh, trust me, guys. You can literally play this game. Don't pick up a single freaking thing. Just focus on picking up the items. They, they glow a little different. Real things in the world that will help you. Golden seeds that will help you and smithing stones and whatever. Don't even bother with the flowers. I hope I'm not like wrong on this. They're so unimportant, and I feel like it's uh, I, it should lose a half a point. If I had to rate this game right now, <laughs> nine out of ten. It's a great game. It's great. I'm loving it. I I love playing it. I'll sit down. I'll pick a random location and just explore the area. Um, it's great. It's just not perfect. It's a Souls game. It's as good as any other Souls game. I would have given Dark Souls a nine out of ten probably. This is the best Souls game. 
So if you've been wanting to get into the genre, this is the place to get in on it. It's the best one. Hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. Will it be my game of the year? We'll see when it's done. Um, it's certainly a contender. We'll see. But um, if, if you're looking for a, an open world game with a story and characterization and uh, a quest list where you do side quests and main quests and all that, that is not this. You have no quest list whatsoever. Your character is basically completely mute. Um, they're boring. There's no real story. None of that. It's like the opposite of Horizon or any of these other games. But it's it's a great game. Um, I, I, I almost wish to see if you were playing it so we can talk about it. But I everybody in this, we have this group chat going on with Nick and Hambone and I. We're all totally loving it. Hmm. Just it's not a 10 out of 10. Yep. Nine, maybe nine and a half out of 10. But um, great game. I've, I've really enjoyed it. I'll be playing this for another month or so. It's chit chat time. All right, the booty bracket is here. Yeah. Drew, I mean, we've been so excited about this. Yeah, you been. have worked very hard over the last couple of weeks. I have been working hard on this. I'm not going to lie. You're the graphic design guy. There was a lot to it. You know, we wanted to look pretty and we wanted to represent the characters for their hotness as they deserve. So we, we've made what we call battle cards. Um, there's these lovely battle cards that are going to display every match, right? It's gonna, and it's going to show a graphical picture of each character that's going against each other uh we wanted to don't get me wrong there's some fan art but we tried to if we were choosing a you know because not every game especially some of the older characters that aren't we don't have great photos of oh yeah uh, we had to choose some fan art but we we definitely tried to choose fan art that represents the character for who they are would you agree with that john there's there's no like yeah. far-fetched like that's not really the character that's it's, not fair it's not like fanfic art it's just a drawing of them you're right the older characters they don't have like really attractive pictures yeah. um even some of the newer games like you can't get a good picture in photo mode you know or something like that Correct. um and it's amazing like how much fan art and um cosplay pictures you get when you search yes. on any particular character yeah there was times i had to type in a character's name and then put like game or video game like so you don't mm -hmm. get all of i i agree but yeah so it's exciting we got all these amazing battle cards that you're gonna all be seeing uh you probably have already seen them by now but john there's gonna be a few ways to vote right um why don't you tell the people what we're gonna be doing with one way yeah um so uh so we are gonna be posting these matchups on twitter um it's not the only way to vote uh drew will tell you about the next way but um, you, we're going to put these on Twitter. I am going to try to do three in the morning and three in the afternoon. I don't want to spam our followers, but I know that this will be fun and hopefully people can vote. You'll be able to vote. You have to use the official Twitter app. Um, so if you use a third party app and you're seeing this, you know, thing and you can't vote, then, um, you know, like, well, is that all the way? Go, go to the Twitter, go to the Twitter website. Um, and do it. You can click on the link and say show URL um, and you can go vote there. You've probably done this before, though. You, you know, I've done it. I have an app where I can't vote. Um, but please, like, go use Twitter and vote. Um, we're going to take those votes. I'm going to try to, like I said, I'm going to try to do three every day um, in the morning and three every day in the afternoon. I don't want to flood your timelines. Um, mm. But this is going to be really fun. So hopefully, you know, just understand I'm not about to destroy you. Uh, we just want you to vote. Um, so okay. those votes will count equally to the survey. 
Um, and Drew, tell us about the survey a little bit. The survey, yeah. So the survey is going to be a link to a website, so you pretty much can vote anywhere on your phone or on, on the computer. And it's just going to be super simple. Uh, it's going to be 24 questions, right? So there's 24 matches in the first round. And you're going to go through each one. Now, to John's point, if you, you know, you could, you could vote through via Twitter, Twitter or or you can vote through the survey. We charge the survey because it's easy for us to track it. But if you do use the survey, the very last question is going to ask you if you want to include your email address. Uh, if you do include your email address, you'll be entered in to win $20 eShop credit. Uh, the beauty is that every round in the booty bracket, you didn't have to have another survey, a new survey. So every time you re-enter that email every round, you get one extra entry to win that $20. Uh, we can promise you, John and I will be the only two people that see your email address. And uh, we'll be deleting them afterwards after we pick our winner. So you don't have to worry about that if that's a concern. But you do need to put that email address in so we can contact you uh, if you win. Yeah, and they and your email address won't get be connected to like what you voted for. Correct. Um, we just get the addresses, but your votes are still anonymous. We don't know. Yep, exactly. Uh, so that that's going to be a certain way to do that. We'll have a, a full blown bracket as well, so you can see, you know, if this person wins, who do they play next? We'll have that for you as well. Uh, and we do have our three regions, right? So there are forty eight characters we decided to go with. If you didn't listen to last week, there's forty eight characters. That means twenty four matches. Uh, which means that the final match will be a three-way, right, John? I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the three brackets or regions, rather, are the badass bitches, right? So the kind of your, I don't want to necessarily say villain, but maybe the darker side characters. We have the hero hotties, which <laughs> are pretty much your good guys. And then we have the sets babams is what we came up with as a final name. Uh, and those are really your cartoonish type characters, more cell shaded more animated type type people. John didn't like animated asses. I tried animated asses. I tried. It sounds too negative though, right? Like sounds like ad. the New England Patriots or something like that. Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, super excited. This is already live. Uh, we'll let you know when it's going to end round one. But this is going to be several weeks, probably maybe a month to finish it. It's going to take some time because we need time in between each round as well to prepare and prep the next round the good news is is every round we go will be easier and easier for us john so there'll be less characters left right so booty bracket it's here you could win some money just vote pretty simple share it with all your friends have your wife do it because hey we're you know we're not sexist there's male and females here exactly uh, send this around get send it to your friends send it to you know people you think might be interested in it it's gonna be really fun i've really enjoyed seeing these battle cards Mm. Um, we've sent some of the pictures over Twitter as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Please share it with everybody. And, yes. um, you can follow us on Twitter at end dads after dark. If you want to make sure you're getting these every day and you can do your votes. Um, but yeah, like share it out. Let people vote. If you, if you have a character you really love, you know, get people to vote for that character. I have a, I have a few that I'm going to really push to get through. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Excited. Sweet. Um, I can't wait for this to start. Me too. I'm excited to see the responses and, and, and who moves on. But Booty Bracket, go vote. But, John, I have a little present for us. I mentioned this last week when Brett was on, when we were talking about the old school Nintendo Power Pulse. Pulse section, right? Is that what they call it? And I said that I wrote into Nintendo Power twice in my <laughs> old, 
Lifetime, and they got published. <laughs> so I have the two articles or the two magazines with me here. Uh, issues 260 and 263. So pretty close together, John. These were <laughs> issued, and I'm hoping these are the right ones because I wanted to surprise and I wanted to kind of be off the cuff of what I wrote in. I don't remember, of course. Uh, so let's start with the older one. This was November of 2010. Wow. Um, and let's let's see if I can find my name here. In the I was 33. Section. 30. I'm not even 33. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Oh, Drew, here we go. First one in the pulse section. <laughs> and they responded. Sometimes they don't respond. The, the, they gave the title of Worlds Collide. And I wrote, why doesn't Nintendo make an MMO? That must have been my MMO days. <laughs> Players could create their own character based on different game series, choosing between a human, a Hylian, a space bounty hunter, etc. The world should be endless. You could combine such zones as the Mushroom Kingdom, Dante Jungle, Hyrule, and Kirby's Dreamland. Just think of the endless zones in each one of them. You could travel on Epona or Yoshi and fight in Mushroom Kingdom sewers, Metroid caves, and dungeon areas like Bowser's Castle. I think you see the opportunity. They replied. Sounds <laughs> awesome. Once I've had said that, I can't imagine all of Nintendo worlds fitting together and coexisting in the same game. But after Nintendo achieved just that with this, with this, with the space emissary mode of Super Smash Brothers Brawl, anything seems possible. There you go. Wow. All right, this one was from January two thousand and eleven. All right, here we go. This one's called "Miss the Party?" Question mark. While reading the Game Changers article in Volume 261, I kept waiting for a particular game to appear, but it never did, and I don't understand why it didn't make the cut. Mario Party. Mario Party's concept of countless minigames has to be one of the most influential ideas I've ever seen. Think of the, of, think of the many minigame collections that have come since. We Party, the WarioWare series, and the Raven Rabbit games. Just to name a few, minigames will be around forever. Not really sure what I was referring to in the article there, but you know, there was another one. Oh, snap! Two in one article, one magazine, John. What? Here we go. What'd you do, like Drew and Andrew? This one says well, it's different. If you could ask a Nintendo character a question, what would it be? Oh, no. I wrote. <laughs> I'm gonna love this, <laughs> dear Mister Goomba. <laughs> I envy your ability to never give up after being stomped on, knocked by a shell, and hit by a fireball. I also respect that you always try new things, such as baseball, space exploration. In fact, you seem space? to plop your way into almost every Mario game. My question for you is, how do you do all of these magnificent things with no arms? Wow. Right? What's the space exploration? Mario Odyssey probably at the time. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Duh. But it's a great question. How does Doombis play baseball? No arms. You know? You sound very appreciative. I, I like it. You 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 really thought about fan. that. Diehard fan. How does he? How does he play the baseball without arms? Uh, you know. It just floats there. He just floats. It's like um That's yeah, like, my Nintendo Pulse section for you. That's sweet. I we had a uh, bread on the last episode and I have always wanted to write into Nintendo force, but usually I'm reading it in the bathroom. And then by the time I remember it, I'm not near my computer. Um, but we should like all write in 
Um, oh, the, the Nintendo Force. Yeah, you know, and you know what? The Kirby's the Kirby magazine just came out. Mm. I think we should like all of us who've like subscribed to whatever, just like write in and let's see who can get in. All right. Um, I don't know what question they're asking, but you, what you what? did you got the Kirby one, right? No, I missed oh, you it. Missed it. Okay. After I subscribed, I'll, I'll send you a picture of maybe the question or whatever. Yeah, we can all write know. in and see if we, we get in there, but you'll get the next one. All right. Um, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. Let's, let's do that. Very cool. You're, I mean, like you've done, you've made a movie, you've been in Nintendo power. I just, I feel like I'm just, I'm with greatness. I I'm honored. Well, you know, <laughs> I try to. Yeah, you try and you nail it. <laughs> All right. Advance Wars once again was Whoa. delayed this time due to, and I have this exactly in the notes that motherfucker Putin. Yeah. Um, as if Putin wasn't, a piece of shit already. Um, he has delayed advanced word, which to me is the end of the road. Um, but in all seriousness, like what's going on there is very serious. And um, Nintendo decided that they did not want to be advertising a game about yep. war with tanks oh, cool. and all that stuff. Um, while this is going on, um, totally understandable. Drew, what do you think? Um, what do you think about it? Do you think Nintendo's being overly cautious or do you think they're right? To be you concerned. know, it's 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 tricky, right? Because there's no easy way to say anything about this without coming off, you know, either negative or whatever. Like you said, the the, the shit that's going on over in Ukraine and Russia is no joke. Um, and obviously, we don't condone any of it. But you know, I, I, I we always have tried to specifically me as as always try to stay away from political, you know, politics in general and political rationales behind it. So, um, just want to be upfront and say, you know, I, we don't condone any of that. But with that being said, from Nintendo's point of view, it, it, it's interesting, right? Because you think of Nintendo as a business for a second. Um, you know, there's two ways to look at it. You could say, what a poor business decision by Nintendo, because this was their big, like, spring game, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's, you know, besides Kirby, don't get me wrong, Kirby's a huge game. But after that, you know, we have Advanced Wars for April, and there's really nothing in May. And then June, we get Strikers, right? If I remember correctly, I, I think that was kind of the, and, and, you know, if I look at, I know me personally, I lay out like the next six months of video gaming so I can kind of plan, you know, do I pick up a game in between other games? So from a business decision, you have to ask the question, Nintendo, is this going to hurt you? Is this a poor business decision from a game release point of view? But then at the same time, you have to step back and say, well, is it a good business decision? Because you're going to have a lot of angry consumers saying, why would you do that? Right? And now today with the internet, it's easy to go bitch and complain and say, why would you ever release a war game? You know, when that's going on in the world. But, right, you know, it, it's tough. I mean, we can all be angry because we, we, we can all play the selfish card. Right. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but we could all say, shit, I wanted that game. I wanted to play. I've been waiting for that game. It already got delayed once. I was excited for it. That's easier. Right? That's easy to say that. And and I think I'll say it. I think that's okay. I think that's okay to say that. I, I, I honestly do. I don't think by you saying that doesn't mean that you disrespect of what's happening in the world. It's just you looking, you know, put the put the blinders on for a second and just say, listen, I, I didn't be angry about a game. I wanted to play it. I was excited for it. But at the same time, I respect the decision. Right? It's not our decision to make it. It's it's Nintendo's decision, and they think that's what they want to do for their image. So at the end of it, um, it sucks for a consumer point of view, but it's Nintendo's decision if that's what they want to do and they think that's what, what is 
what the world needs and what they need. And that's their image they want to create for the company. You kind of have to respect it, you know? So that's how I feel on it. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Um, Nintendo is raking on switch. They're making tons of money and why risk it? I mean, they're, they might find that if they did this, there would be no negative reaction to it at all. Nobody would even think about it. No one would, point i mean this isn't a realistic game this isn't a call of duty these are cartoon tanks and a turn-based strategy um nobody's gonna like go crazy over it and whatever but from nintendo's point of view i think they're just like why risk it we're selling all these switches we're selling all these games why risk it why have one person complain about it we'll release this game later so i get it i just don't think it would be a big deal whatsoever the the art style of this game is so innocuous yeah it it's it wouldn't be a big deal, but it's the reality. It sucks because we don't know when this game's coming out. Um, a lot of it is going to be based on the situation going on in Ukraine. But um, yeah, it's a game that was delayed already. And everyone's sometimes when games get delayed and it shouldn't happen, but sometimes when games get delayed multiple times, people start to lose the mind share on it and they just move on to something else. We've, we've seen this happen before. It's like, then the game comes out and you're like, all right. Like when Minico's night market comes out, right? No one's really going to care. Um, and I hope that doesn't happen with advanced wars. I'm really excited for it. Um, but Nintendo did tie. I, hopefully it's not delayed for a long, long time. Hopefully it comes out by summer. Um, you know, I've heard, I've heard a couple of people say it's probably gonna be delayed till next year. No, nah, I don't think so. It's a finished game. Um, it'll come out when they feel like they can market it appropriately. Um, but I think they totally could have released it. I don't think it would have been a, a big deal or it would have been insensitive. Um, but that's the reality, I guess. So we'll just have to deal with it. I can't wait for this game. I know. Uh, and we, I remember it was supposed to come out beginning of December last year, right? And a lot of us were yeah. thinking, like, oh, this is going to be my Christmas game, my vacation game. You know, I play it during the holidays. And then it was like, all right, it's going to be my April game. And I was like, oh, like, now what do I play? Kirby, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> um, so, and Nintendo has reacted too, because they've, they've, they're not shipping stuff to Russia anymore. So it's, I mean, Nintendo has responded appropriately um, to this, um, but they just didn't want to be marketing this one. So, oh, well. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of other shitty marketing things, Nintendo has a missions and rewards program now. Um, if you go to the Nintendo Switch online app on your Switch, um, you'll see some details about it. And really what this amounts to is a couple things. Um, they're putting a bigger emphasis on Nintendo Switch online service. They are obviously constantly trying to provide value in the NSO offering. And they've updated the app, the phone app. Um I th- the feature list was so silly. I mean, they changed some of the UI. You can now get your friend ID on the app. Okay. Like, so if you run into a friend and they're like, what's your friend ID? And I've done this before where it's like, oh, I don't really know it. Um, I have to look at my Nintendo Switch to know it. So now you can bring up the app and look at your friend ID. Okay, that's cool. You could also solve it by taking a picture of your Switch and <laughs> marking it as favorite if you wanted to do that and you'd have it. Or memorize it if you wanted to. It's, you know, whatever. Oh, memorize it might be a stretch. I mean, it might be a stretch, but um, you can change your online status. I don't know. Who cares? And then they did missions. 
And it is the weirdest thing. Now, it does tie into being able to customize your icon. Um, you can do missions to earn points, platinum points, and you can also use your platinum coins. Um, you don't have to do this through the missions, but you use your platinum coins to buy pieces of icons, and then you can craft your own. So you can buy a picture of a Goomba, you can find a circular frame, and then you can find a background. And so if you've looked on your friend list lately, a lot of people have unique icons that don't actually exist. You can't even pick them on your Switch. You have to go to the, um, or no, you do it on the Nintendo Switch online app, and you customize your icon, and voila, it shows up as your avatar. Now, you have to do it on your phone or, your, or the app. You can't do it on no, the Switch. No, I think you do it, if I remember right, you do it on the Switch. Okay. I haven't, um, I'm going to be honest. I'm not forgetting. I not it's, it's, it's unmemorable. But I, what I do know is that you cannot do this in your avatar creator, like the normal avatar creator on your Switch, your profile. That's you weird. Don't, you don't Why? do it there. Yeah. So it it's not something you pick, you you create it, and then it becomes your avatar. So you're seeing a lot of unique avatars, which is cool. That is right? cool. But why can't it just be in your avatar creation screen? I just think it's because they would have to program it in C++. Um, it, it and I just want like a simple answer. Yeah, just... maybe it's not the language. If, if they did it on the profile creator, they're creating it in... Um, uh, well, they're creating in C++ and they're creating it in the firmware. So that software exists in the firmware that they have yeah. that you have to really now hard to a user that that could have been the tricky part, too. Right now, you're locked in that to a user and add in. Yes and no. But yeah, like you'd have to program that on the firmware. It fattens up the firmware. And if you remember the Wii U mm. um, and even the 3DS, the, the UIs were slow. The Wii U was dreadfully slow. Um, even going to settings on like a Wii or a Wii U was really, oh, really forever. painfully slow. So they've done a good job of making sure that's really quick and efficient. Every And when you navigate on the UI on the Switch, it is snappy because they have kept the programming down. Mm. Um, also, the Nintendo Switch online app, just like the eShop, is a web app. So they're programming that in JavaScript. Yep. It's way easier to build that stuff in html javascript than it is a c plus plus thing so i think that's really all it is um they can get a they can get a a cheaper programming team to work on it and they can put more fancy ui in it and they don't have to like build this like they were building like a video game or something um but they have these missions that go with it to earn the points like i mentioned and right now there are four missions um we kind of hope these would be sort of like achievements like yeah. At first, we're thinking like, oh, my God, Nintendo's eventually going to have achievements like for their games. Like Bounty board. Here's the exactly. Here's the four missions. Play software that supports online play. Play Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo Switch Online. Sync to the cloud. Seriously, sync to the cloud. And are you ready for this? Use the Nintendo online app. So. <laughs> So let me ask this. Are these for NSO subscription people only pretty much? Yes. Yes, it's absolutely. Um, of these, I mean, basically all you have to do is launch Super Mario Brothers and you have the reward. It doesn't pop up anything. It doesn't you like, give you, you like a, it. yeah, it doesn't give you like a trophy sound or anything like that. Um, and then play software that supports online play. I opened up Tetris Effect Connected and then immediately closed it and I had done it. It takes like 20 seconds to do syncing to the cloud is going to be already done by the time you see it. 
and use the Nintendo online app is going to be done by the time you see it because you're already in there. It's really silly. And I don't know why they launched this service with these four rewards. They they could have done like play Super Mario Brothers and get to level four one or something interesting. All just testing the waters for the Splatoon three battle royale mode. (laughs) I hope for battle for their season passes and all of that. You think they could do achievements in Splatoon? I mean, I I I can see this being tied to it. But they did some type of long term season pass, right? Yeah, and and. Uh, whatever the hell Fortnite calls the battle pass or whatever, you know, that's mm-hmm. just, yeah, you have rewards, you know? Yeah. In game and out of game achievements. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. All right. We'll see. Um, I just thought they could have launched this with a, something a little more substantial or cool or anything. It's, it's as uninteresting. And the only icon stuff you can buy is right now for Mario Odyssey and animal crossing. Animal crossing will stick around. Um, I'm not sure what they're going to do for the next month iteration of this. I, if I Odyssey goes away, but right. Animal Crossing and then a five-year-old game. Right. Like those are the two games they chose. Yeah. I mean, you launch this with like five or six games. Kirby. I mean, like uh, Kirby's going to probably be there when it true. launches, but still like give me five or six games. You pick this one. I mean, come on. Like, I know. So yeah, you got to motivate people a little bit more with another game choices. Yeah. Like, and this Dread. is like Metroid Dread. I mean, like there's, there's yes. plenty of, yeah, like get get people's attention. Uh, people of different games, people that like don't care about the Mario Odyssey, they don't care. Get yeah. get some dread. Get to, well. That was my thing. I was with that. I was like, well, I don't care about the Animal Crossing and like Odyssey's five years old. Like, do I, I do I want like an Avatar to be an Odyssey thing? Not really. And there's already a whole bunch of Mario Odyssey icons. There's too many. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I mean, Mario icons are like the most prevalent. So silly. Pick a game that has no icons. Yeah. Right. I'm. It's so dumb. Agreed. All right. Um, before, before we get into the open world discussion, though, um, Drew, a little TV dads here. Uh, you've been watching anything yeah. lately? I have been. I've been watching a lot. I don't know how I've been wrapping it all up, so I'm going to try to go quick because there's a lot. I've been on a Sebastian Stan <laughs> hit somehow. If you don't know who that is. That's the guy that plays Bucky right from the Avengers. Uh-huh. Um, it just happened to be I watched two movies with, well, well, one movie and a TV show with him in it. So the first movie, Hulu, called mm. Fresh. Oh, that's the one you recommended to me. It's like a thriller, but it's not scary. It's more of like, oh my god, like what's gonna, it's it, what's gonna happen? Uh, I don't want to give too much away because I just don't want to give too much away. I, I, it, it's just I can't just go watch it. It's a movie. It's an hour and a half. Uh, it's not a huge commitment. It's just, it's intriguing and it, it, you want it suspenseful, uh, and not in a super scary way. Um, so that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I just, you I just gotta watch it. it. The other Sebastian Stan show I've been watching is Pam and Tommy, which is obviously about oh. Anderson and Tommy Lee. Mm. Eight episodes just finished up the season finale. Seth, Seth Rogen's in it. Uh, so Seth Rogen plays the guy that, steals the tape and distributes it to the world <laughs> and it's it's fine i mean there's there's some boobies and stuff in the beginning which are nice um it's okay i mean it, it's the story of really pam and tommy's side of the fence and and what the video really did to them in their career kind of and at the same time it's it's the seth Rogen character and what happened to him after he got it it's not this big success story that 
everyone thinks she made like millions and millions of dollars. He got screwed over quite a bit too. So it was fine. It was entertaining. Uh, what else did I watch? I watched another two more things really quick. Another one I watched another show on, I want to say Apple TV, uh, Defending Jacob. This was with Chris Evans and it's about, he's like the attorney, he's Captain attorney America general lawyer, about, whatever, right? whatever. What's that? He's Captain America, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So he's, he, his son gets accused of, of murdering, like, opening like early on for a scene. His son gets accused of murdering a classmate. Um, and the whole story is kind of like, you know, discovering new evidence along the way. I think this one's only like six episodes, hour episodes. So shorter season, you know, conclusion at the end. It was entertaining, not amazing, but it was good. And then the last thing I watched last night, I watched the new movie Netflix, Adam's Adam Project. Oh, the one with Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, right? Um, right. So, so Adam's Project is is space travel is a thing, um, and Ryan Reynolds comes back from like 2050 to like the year 2018 or 2020. Actually, he comes back to 2022, and he comes back to see his younger self. Hmm. And, you know, the whole idea of why he came back, I mean, you kind of learn pretty quickly. He's, he's, comes, he's trying to come back to save his wife, but he misses the year, and then he's using <laughs> his younger self to try to help him. So it's like, there's no, it, it, it's, it's, it's comical, it's funny, it's, it's, it's kind of like, what's going to happen? Uh, I mean, Ryan Reynolds is straight in it. It was okay. It was good. Okay. Um. My wife. So, yeah, wants I mean, this, to see this is, it. yeah, this is a lot of stuff I've been watching over until like the last month or two. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll, I'll end at that. I'll leave it at those four. Okay, I will start with something that you missed. Uh, Turning Red, the new movie from Pixar. I did um, watch it. Did you? I watched it last night. I, I thought it was think? good. I didn't it love okay. it, but it was I good. Didn't love it either. Yeah, I wanted more Fort Town. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Um, a yeah, lot of the, people are pissed, John. Really. For what? Well, yeah, th- with the whole motherhood. So there's a scene, right? Obviously, everyone knows what this movie is. It's about a girl turning into a red panda. Yeah. Right? A 13-year-old girl. So there's a scene early on in the movie where the mom is, you know, the girl just turned into a red panda. She's in the bathroom. The door's shut. The mom's like, what's wrong? Oh, is this is this, is this this about the red pee? Mm-hmm. Like, is this, like, she thinks she's hitting, having a period for the first time. Right. And um, a lot of people didn't like Disney going there. Yeah, I was like, get over yourself. So it's not even, stupid. you know, it's like one line. It's just, I am so, well, I mean, it wasn't just one line. There was like a whole real content, which is weird because we didn't yeah. know at the time. I don't want to give anything away, but that this was known that it could happen. Um, but some people are so afraid of kids getting information. They need to know Jesus Christ. Like my God, this is, Kids are not kids can know things The kids can know about death. Kids can know about a period. It's yeah. OK. Gosh, like kids are not going to be traumatized for the rest of their life. Um, of course. Yeah, people would be offended. But I know I had heard that people were like, oh, no, they're putting those um, Marvel shows like Daredevil on Disney Plus, And it's kind of ruined the brand and all that stuff. And it's like, OK, there's a little bit of violence. If you if you give your kid Disney Plus, you kind of think. They can't possibly find anything like that. Yeah. Maybe they need to figure that out a little bit. But well, I, I think actually, I don't think that's true, John. If, if you have like my two kids have kids accounts. Oh, they can't. It's not. Turning red is not on the kids account. You really? have to go to an adult account. 
Oh, that's right. Because my son went to load it up on the kid's account. And he couldn't find it. Yeah. Is it the is movie rated? Only. Is it PG? It must be PG. I don't. I, and, uh. and yeah. The kid's accounts are very. And actually, um, they just announced the other day that Disney Plus has added a more um, like parental guidance type okay. feature. I mean, to, to say Disney is just like disregarding the stuff is stupid, but Agreed. yeah. Oh, my God. They like this. This movie was the most I've seen about um, preteen girls mm-hmm. that I've seen in a long time. And that's great because I think movies Agreed. need to reach different audiences. There's not a lot of movies that are going to deal with a preteen girl and the way she's kind of transitioning into adulthood or teenhood. And She's got these preteen friends and they like this boy band and all that stuff. We, we need to address other audiences. Maybe maybe some some guys watching it going, I don't need to watch this. I mean, my kids were my boys were watching it and they were kind of like cringing a little bit because it's this boy band and they weren't comfortable yeah. with it. And all that. But it's fine. Like, but what about your daughter? Did she, did. Loved it. she liked it. Yeah. Um, we all liked it. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say it's my favorite Pixar movie, but it was a really good movie. Okay. Um, I think fine. it was one of their better movies recently in the last couple years um if you obviously encanto being a disney movie um this one being pixar but i mean this was really good the panda's adorable of course um and they really hit some really cool topics and themes about you know a kid wanting to be themselves and not being controlled by the parent and all that so i think mm. it was a really good important movie but it was also a really entertaining movie and it's definitely one to watch with your kids yeah agreed um my favorite part was the mom mentioning Celine Dion and she just made this like mannerism that was just so perfect. Um, I can't remember what it looked like, but I remember just laughing out loud as yeah. soon as I saw it. Um, so we saw that and we've watched a couple of shows that I loved both of them. Okay. Myth- Mythic quest on Apple TV has quickly become one of my favorite shows. Wow. Um, I say all time. It's not my favorite show of all time. One of my favorites, though, this was so good. We watched it because the guy from um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia is in it. Mm-hmm. And then I caught wind that Ashley Birch is in it. She's the voice of Aloy and and Chloe from Life is Strange. And I wanted to watch it. I fell in love with all of the characters. All of the characters are so good in this. This is a story about uh, a company that makes an MMO and all the people that work at the company and oh my god, it's so good! All the characters do a great job. Poppy is, um, she was the lead developer for the MMO. She's this Australian girl, so funny. Um, lots of little inside jokes happening in the show. How many seasons is it? It's, it's two uh, seasons. Okay. The funny is part done? is the um, the first season ended when COVID hit, so the second to last episode is like a COVID episode that they filmed uh-huh. remotely. And then they did a finale like seven months later before season two started and then season two. They're about like 10 episodes a season. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting back into the treadmill and I think this should be like a perfect show to watch on the treadmill. It's so good. And as like a game as a gamer, you're going to yeah. totally love it. Every character is great. I would recommend the show to every. It's so fucking good. And right. even like in the Open. beginning, it's really goofy with the MMO stuff and whatever. And all these jokes that you will totally get because you're a gamer. But then there's some episodes that are really sweet and sentimental and very well written. Um, it is such a diverse show. And there's some episodes that do flashbacks and stuff. It's so good. Really great. Um, I know they're getting a season three and four oh, as okay. well. So um, hopefully we'll get those pretty soon. 
Uh, the other show that I absolutely love because I love murder shows is Worst Roommate Ever on Netflix. If you like murder shows or yeah. things like that, this is one of the best ones I've ever seen. Really? Um, you must watch if you're into Seri- this. Stuff. No, this is a serious show. It though. is a series. Um, the episodes are like they vary from like 40 minutes to an hour. Yep. Um, they're just very well done. They're they're talking to the people that were involved. Um, they Worst have some roommate ever. They have some animations. Yeah. And, it, you know, the, the show title is a little uh, the, the show title is a little like joking about very serious situations yep. that happen. But generally, these are all like crime stories, not always murder, but like crime stories about people who were living together. Um, oh, so this is a thing. documentary. It is. Yeah, absolutely. A documentary of different stories. Oh, uh, I thought this was okay. So this is all based on real stuff. Correct. Yep. Okay. Um, it's really well done. So if you like these kinds of shows, it's really well done. Um, well filmed everything. Um, absolutely loved it. We're about to watch the final one tonight. And um, I'm hoping that they do more of these. It's just a great format. I've seen some of these murder shows where it's like maybe a different language of subtitles. I don't really like to watch those or maybe just not done well. We don't see the person who was involved or the stories aren't good. Um, Some of them, they go way too long. They stretch out one story over seven episodes. These have been great. Um, So you'll love this if you like. I'll give it a go. Okay, give both those a try. We'll watch fresh. Um, Yes, watch that. You'll like it. Yeah. So before we hit the Q&A, I had a question for you, Drew. Open world games. Yes. I know you've played a few. Mm, um, uh, yep. I know you're Breath of the Wild guy. I know you've played Skyrim. I know you've played Witcher. I'm noticing that there's two different kinds of open worlds, and I don't think we talk about those in the genre, but I think they're starting to be clear. Yep. There is the open world where it's a big world. And you have a main quest line and then there's side quests that you find um, people with little exclamation points over their Mm -hmm. head. You find them. It goes into your quest log. You do them. Um, You know, maybe you ignore the main quest for a while. Um, You just do all these things. Um, Games like Red Dead, Red Dead 2, um, the Horizon series, Skyrim, Witcher 3. That's what we're talking about here. And then we're starting to get this style that I think Breath of the Wild sort of pioneered, unless I'm missing something, um, where you kind of get dropped in the world and there's very little handholding. And in a game like Breath of the Wild does have like a main quest line and you do have a quest log. But for the most part, you're kind of dropped in and they just say, you know, just go wherever you want, do whatever you do, whatever you want to do. It's It's kind of a hybrid, but this and Elden Ring both have a very similar feel of just go. We're not going to embolden you with a story like Mm -hmm. Witcher 3 might do in the beginning. Um, We're not going to pressure you to do main quests or anything. Just go do what you sort of like. So they're kind of like open, open world versus um, uh, questy open world. And you've played both of these types. Mm -hmm. What do you think about it? Do you have a particular style? Um, I mean, the the thing that I... And I think it comes back to playing a lot of MMOs in my life, right? Where the, the it depends what you're in the mood for, but the one thing The Witcher had a problem with for me was, is I don't want to say it held your hands, right? But it was just too much questing, 
right there's mm-hmm. there, it was just so much and it was overwhelming and we both had our quest logs just build up and then you get a quest you don't know how to finish it um but at the same time i like the story in in a little bit of hand holding right breath of the wilds was was fantastic but um i don't know the the at the same time, I don't know how I feel about that. Same with the other range, you just get dropped in there, you know, do whatever you want, mm-hmm. right? I do like the whole Zelda idea concept of, of not Breath of the Wild, but Zelda concepts like you gotta go here to unlock and learn and get some new items to then go to the next area. Because at least it kind of gives you a little bit of where you should be looking. My favorite part of these types of games, though, are are the exploration and reward, right? So you talked about Elden Ring where. I love the fact of being able to explore an area and come across some type of mini challenge, mm-hmm. right? And and get rewarded for completing that mini mini challenge. Uh, there was an MMO game I used to play called Guild Wars Two. The second <laughs> one that came out. I think they still play it. It's still out there. And they had these new unique puzzles called jumping challenges. And you used to come across them like on the side of a mountain of some sort. You had to, you know, um, you know, climb a little bit and then jump some gaps and kind of climb. And it was like you had to maybe backtrack. It was just very unique. But, you know, if you made it to the top, you get rewarded with whether, you know, a lot of gold or a chest or an item or something. And and to your point with the cave and a mini boss, that's what I like exploring. Um, the Witcher was amazing to explore the world and you would find a lot of cool things, maybe a, a hidden little hut in the woods. But a lot of the times it was often just here's another quest or mm-hmm. or here's just a building you want to read a book with some lore right so don't, there was sometimes you found a cave and you had to fight some wolves or something and you would get something but that part you know if i'm exploring like i want to find a little nook in the cranny and get a reward i don't want to just find a, a a quest and then just you know how many you know what's the reward of going to collect 10 berries go kill 10 wolves like yeah you know it, it gets a little like repet at the time that's that's what made the witcher good and bad i guess because Agreed. a lot it, of people uh, think that the witcher both. had great side stories um yep. you know you, you did you get a quest and it's like oh there's the the well is poisoned and you go find this ghosty witch and you have yep. to kill her and, and all that stuff and there's like a whole story and it's about the guys remember uh, the one you had wedding. to go to the island and it was like an insane asylum or like the girl was in the tower and it was like a five-hour yeah. side quest. Like, that was fun and cool, but yes, and and that was that's okay. But you're right. Like there's, it's it has good and bad. Well, you have to like you said. There's a there's there's a board with all of the um, side quests. So you basically go literally go to a board, mm. and there's like six pieces of paper, and and usually you just grab them all. Not all of them are side quests. Sometimes they're just information or whatever. But I would just go tap 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 tap, and yep. then check my quest log, see what I have. And then like you come back to that board later and there's six more pieces of paper and you're like, okay, yeah. like I don't feel the sense of like I'm finishing things, but the side quests are very good. But well, what will happen, like you mentioned with that tower is I think that was, um, uh, uh, Metz. Oh God. What's her first name? That witch, um, yep. Kira, Kira Metz is you finish a quest and you're like, aha, I finished the quest. And then she's like, Hey, come back to my house. I have something else you can do. And you're like, yeah, I don't feel like I'm done. I feel like that just led to something else. And so you go like four or five quests in. Now you get to bang her when you're done. Yeah, worth it. After the tower. But yeah, totally worth it. 
but it does become like an encumbrance of quests that are just found by looking at a board. There's quests that you find on paper on a, on a, a beach. Mm-hmm. You don't, like you said, you don't stumble upon them while you're exploring. You don't find a cave and go, Ooh, what's in here for the most part. It's like, Hey, yeah. I got some quests for you. Click on a button and you can't do these until you come here. So, so, so that point is the witch's world is fantastic, but you're not discovering things by exploring them. Mm-hmm. You're discovering them by clicking the button and then following the quest arrow. Right. Which, which to me, we've all done this. That's just like you, you playing a game is like a zombie almost. Right. Because it's just like you get into this repetitiveness that, I'm just going to follow the arrow. And then yeah. there's times when you're playing a game, you're looking at your mini map. You don't even look where your horse is running. Uh-huh. How many times have we've all like looked at the mini map and then looked down and you realize you've been run into a fence for the last three <laughs> seconds. <laughs> right. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, or you're, you're, you're now in the water because you're just following an arrow. Right. Where breath of the wild, I was looking at my main screen, like looking at the whole, like, where am I going? Is there a cave over here? You're not looking at your mini map. I think we all fall into that trap sometimes, you know? Right. And Breath of the Wild, I mean, I think the UI was just better. You can make a beam and it'll, the the beam goes up to the sky. So you don't have to look at your mini map. You can, even the mini map is actually pretty good, but you can be looking for the beam just as you're running. And Elden Ring does that too. It's a, it's a great way to do it. Enjoying Mm -hmm. the, 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 you know, the graphics, the scenario, the, the environment. Right. You know? Yeah, I think that was. And again, I hate to com- say one or the other were bad. They're just so different. But right. yeah, uh, I think too heavy of a quest is it gets tough. And don't get me wrong, some of the quests are fine, but some of the Witcher quests were long. Yes, you, you know, like, like, like an entire play session for a side quest, and you're not even finished yet. That's when fast travel isn't always super effective. But yeah, like. The Witcher, it was like Red Dead Redemption to me, too. You get on your horse and you have to travel like several miles. You get to Mm. where you need to go. You do the thing. Then it's like, okay, now go over here and you get on your horse and you travel miles. And that does get like old. It's like, oh, my God, I'm just like traveling on a road. I'm not doing anything particularly interesting. If I feel adventurous, I might see something happening and stop. Mm. But most of the time, I don't see something happening. Or they have like Red Dead had like a few different types of things where somebody's on the side of the road, get it. They got bit by a snake and they need help. Or uh, I got robbed and you got to catch those. But yeah, but it's the same thing over and over again. It's not that discovery. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I love just like I even remember one of the big things that sticks out for Breath of the Wild is like uh, the dragons. Remember the dragon scales and stuff and you have to oh, at yeah. nighttime. Right. And, and you're shooting them with arrows and like you're just waiting there. Yeah, you know, and, but there's there's a reward for getting all of these pieces, right? And then you can craft. So it's like I don't mind doing those types of things where you're getting that reward, but you know, the, the some of the quest stuff is just gets to be. Too you know, much. you're in it for a long time. Yeah, I think it's really fascinating that Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring came out within a week from each other, and and some of the online stuff has been just completely toxic. Just people bagging on each game mostly a lot of people bagging on horizon um because it's like oh elden rings better and nobody's talking about horizon anymore it's just so stupid it's like oh my god please stop um i saw people playing oh nobody's playing horizon because elden rings out well, it's like yeah but we can play both like like so to me the, the the contrasting styles of those games is that horizon is like you said um you're constantly looking for a little spot on the map and then you go there 
And when you're going back and forth between locations, um, you know, oh, I, I see something else I need to go do. And that's it. You have a quest list. I mean, they have a really good journal of all the quests, but you are just doing quest, quest, quest. And then you can do the main quest, push the store forward. When I first started playing Elden Ring and you sort of you get this feel of you push out the door after the little tutorial mode and now you're in this world and the game is not telling you what to do or where to go. And it was a very breath of the wild feeling. It was like, it's ah, good and bad, cool. right? Yeah, it's, it's it's good, but it's all at the same time. You're like, well, I want a little bit of handheld. I, I want to try to know what at least where to go. Maybe, you know, what's, right. so it, it's. In in, just, but, in Elden Ring, the um the little Lost Grace, which is like the bonfire, there's like a stream of fire that kind of vaguely points in the direction you need to go. They don't even tell you in the game that that's what it's doing. But if you play for a little while, you notice these little streaks coming out. And if you follow them, you kind of go to where they want you to go next and eventually mm -hmm. to the first big boss. But they don't even tell you that. It's that yeah. subtle. Yeah. You may not even no, notice I, it. I mean, I, I just hate when you get to a point in games and I think maybe this is what does it for me is your quest side quest driven to like level up, mm -hmm. right? That's the only true good way to level up. So you're doing these quests and this is the point you're not even reading dialogue. You're just hitting a, you know, for certain parts because you don't, you don't care what they have to say. You want to complete your quest because you want that thousand point experience to level up. Yep. That's what gets, if you get to that point in any game, that's a poor design because you're just doing it to do it then. Right. You know, I think that that's where I think drives. They the artificially hold you back. You can't main quest it because you just wouldn't be powerful. And that happened to me in Horizon Zero Dawn. I wasn't powerful enough because I wasn't side questing and it killed my experience. Whereas in Forbidden West, I was doing tons of side quests. So I always felt powerful. Um, mm -hmm. Also, the dialogue thing is true. I want to play Witcher again, but after playing all these open world games, I don't know if I can There's because there are so many long conversations that happen and horizon handles this. I think better than any other game I've seen. They give you a radial menu and you talk to somebody and there's a few lines of dialogue back and forth, and then they'll give you these options and you can like ask them about specific things in the story. Or there's one that has an icon with the quest that just says, I need to go. And they just mm. say, okay, go do the thing, do the quest. And you can avoid so much dialogue. And I skipped the dialogue so many times, unless there was I something know. specific. And I was like, cool. I just want to go and do this quest for you. I don't need a bunch of weird stories. Correct. So they handled then, it pretty well there. But then you have games like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, where they had the cutscenes. Mm -hmm. And the cutscenes were long, like, yes. like sometimes 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And, um, but you had to watch them. I don't know if you physically had to watch them, but you wanted to watch them because you of the story. To. Yeah, if you skip it. You skip bad. it, you miss huge chunks of story. So like that, I don't know why, but that's okay for me. Mm -hmm. because maybe just because I love the game. It, yeah. But they, they weren't they weren't so many of them. They were they long, weren't, but They were just long when they had them. You're yeah, right. They tried to be funny. And then it's Pyra and Mithra. You want to see it. It's acting. You know, yeah. that's going to happen. The one thing I didn't like about Xenoblade 2 is when you do a quest and you're like, go, go fetch me five things. And then you do it and you bring it back and you're like, ha ha, I finished it. And then the person says, oh, no, I need five apples now. And you're like, oh. yeah, and you go get five apples and they come back. Oh, can you take these over to so and so? I hated that. <laughs> It was yeah. like constant, like, when is this quest going to end? And then sometimes another one would come up and you have to, it's like, I want to, I, a lot of times I didn't feel satisfied by doing the side quests because it wasn't like, yeah, done. I didn't do, 
Yes. I didn't do a million. You know what happens with these games is you start off by doing every single side quest. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You get to a point you're like, all right, I'm done. You got to move. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah so I don't know. Topic. I don't know which one is the best, but I, lo- I love them both. And I love I, that I agree, Breath but, of the oh. Wild and, and Elden Ring do it. I put Don't Starve on this list as also just dropping you in and not telling you anything. Um, but I love them both. I still, I still got to love a game where it's like, give me, give me quest lists and I'll, I'll just go to town on it. Yeah. I, um, I agree. I think that I said my, I prefer to explore my own and get rewarded versus a quest telling me to explore. Mm-hmm. That made sense. You'd love Elden Ring. I, I, I hope you get to play it sometime. All right. We got a whole bunch of questions here. Okay. Um, we're going to wrap up the show by, by doing a bunch of questions. First question from Max Power. The year is 2024. Coming off the smashing success of Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Nintendo is preparing to release a sequel. This time, the game is targeting a mature audience, and John and Drew are in charge, that's us, of game design. Mm. What kind of items can Kirby swallow in mouthful mode, and what powers do they give him? Wow. I mean, Uh, I think you have to go with the no-brainer here and say an eggplant. (laughs) <laughs> i mean that's got to be one of the top options i what would happen i mean it turns into an eggplant mushroom slap all the you know and then after that might be a little mature mature yeah you know i thought about this one we've had this question for almost a month now i put some thought into it some real thought oh, into it well great then i obviously didn't i just here's you know <laughs> here's what so. i came up with I want to see a Kirby game uh, just like Dead Rising. Have you played Dead Rising before? I have not. Dead Rising is essentially the game where the guy is trapped in a zombie apocalypse in a mall. Okay. And he runs around the mall, which is absolutely filled with zombies. This is one of the first games that made me want to get an Xbox. And um, he can use all these items in all these different mall shops. So he can go to a sports store and grab some stuff. He can go to like any kind of store that you usually see in a mall. Yeah. And then he can use these things to kill zombies. And it's very creative and fun. It's more of like a like a like a like a sandbox, but there's like an mm-hmm. ending. I think it's based over three days. So so we got a little zombie dead rising, a little Kirby, sorry, Kirby dead rising. And when you you can swallow zombies and they give you the skill of the person. And you may not even know what that skill is. You might swallow somebody that you don't realize is does construction or something like that. <laughs> and now you can do construction stuff. And maybe there's some person in some corner. And if you swallow them, they're actually like a porn star. Oh. And now you have porn star skills, but you don't know. Um, you can go to a sports store, swallow weapons. You can turn Kirby into a gun, you know, a crossbow, that sort of thing. Um, if you go to the bookstore and swallow books, then you can cast spells um you can go to the food court um indian food will make you shoot fire um (laughs) maybe you go to like a clothing store and you can get new outfits and stuff like that but it's all takes place in a mall and um i think that would be pretty cool i mean i didn't know tom i mean obviously you thought about this i did to you (laughs) um i play it i'm all in be cool it'd be cool Actually, I hope they bring Dead Rising or something to Switch. I, I never have played it. Huh. Um, all right. Good question, Max Power. Next question, Neo Prime 33. That's Tim. Have you ever or would you ever buy a game that you know you cannot play right now, 
but buy it for the backlog because you want to play it eventually. If so, do you have an example? If not, why not? Uh, no, I don't do this. Um, <laughs> I do not do this. I'll be blunt. Uh, honestly, I think it's a terrible idea. Uh, you can buy games where they're on sale and stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, you don't know what new indie games are dropped or or a new game you find that's on sale somewhere. Um, I do not buy games, I would say. The only time I'd buy a game and, and not play it right away if it's, like, next on my list. Mm. Right? Like, like for example, Majora's Mask. I know I'm going to be done by Majora's Mask for the next week or two. Like, I, I might start looking for a game that's on sale now. Mm-hmm. To, to, if it's on sale, I'll buy it. But, yeah, I'm not... I'm not buying games ahead of time. Just not not how I roll. I'm a one, and you know me. I'm I play kind of one or two games at a time, and that's it. I play till completion, and then I don't look back. Yeah, you crush through them sometimes too, like really fast. Um, Tim, I'm ashamed. I do this all the time. Um, <laughs> right now, my flow is I will wish list games that I'm interested in. Oftentimes, when a game comes out, and I just don't want to buy it for full price. Um, I will wish list it. I have mm-hmm. big wish lists on my PlayStation, big wish lists on my Switch. And um, I recently did buy Disco Elysium because it was on sale and I know I want to play it someday and it was on it was on a really good sale. So I bought it. I'll get to it eventually. Um, I have like Sifu on that list. I have Final Fantasy VII Remake on that list. I have I have tons of games on that list and I'm waiting for sales on them. Um, in the early days of Switch... I would buy almost everything that came out physical because in the early days you could buy everything physical. It was coming out pretty slow. I'll always remember that I didn't have cars three and it bugged me. I have a ton of games. I looked at my library for you, Tim. I looked at my library to see how many sealed games, still sealed games that I have. I don't want to know that I have not played that are still sealed. 40. I have 40 physical I, games. I don't even own 40 physical Switch games. <laughs> that doesn't even include the digital games that I bought that I, I haven't. But you see, that's, I think that's I the so problem. Many. Buying these digital games, you, like, they're on, for example, Ori. Um, what's the second one? Um, Will of the Wisps. Will of the Wisps. Never played it. I, I, I want to play it sometime in my life. There was a sale on it the other day. I, I didn't buy it. I just don't know because what happens if I go to the store? Then there's the the plushy kit that I want. You know, maybe I'll buy that one or yeah, or you know, I just I'd rather wait. Even if I have to spend eight more dollars on a game, I'd rather just not buy it now. Right. Because what happens is is then you kind of like force yourself to play a game sometime where like maybe that's not the number one game I want to play right now. Yeah. Like I know Dark Siders Genesis might be my next game. I'm still waiting a little bit just in case. Right. You know. Because what if what if Nintendo says, um, you know, hey, the next N sixty four game is going to be this. I'm like, oh shit! Like Mario Golf, all you know, I just saved my games for that. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. You you never know um, if there's a big sale and you know you're going to play the game. Um, I would say get it, but like you said, you just don't no, know. Don't what get might it. happen. Um, I bet you'll end up losing money even buying games on sale that way possibly so and all these sealed games i bought like a lot of them are much less in price and i never got to them and i stopped doing this this is not something i do now Um, this was the first couple years i have games like uh, 88 heroes 98 heroes edition like i I don't even know anybody who's ever played this game and it's sitting there sealed 
Um, sadly, I have Assassin's Creed 3 remastered and I'm never going to play it. Um, so I, I should try to sell some of these, but you're right. Like mm-hmm. then, you know, I mean, Monster Hunter Stories too. that game's probably already down in price. Uh, like, why did I buy it when I came out? Um, exactly. I would say don't do it unless it's a sale. Like, look for sales. Wishlist everything. You never know. Yeah, agreed. All right. Next question from Discord. This is a weird chain that happened from Bob Cousy. Chicken wings, drums or flats? Which is it? It's, it's got to be drums. Drums? Uh, got to be drums. I'm I'm flats. Really? I like both, but the flats are just sometimes with the drums, you get like ligaments and sometimes you, you chew on parts okay. that you can't eat. Flats are like, I know I can eat the whole thing to the bone every time. Uh, it's just when easier. I used to go to Hooters quite a bit back in the day. We used to request drums only. Did you know you could do that? Yeah. That's the way to go. And it was more money because they're better. They're more meaty. That's, that's for true. sure. Um, every wing has a has a a drum and a flat. Mm-hmm. It's like life. Drums. There go drums. Uh, Hambone Johnny, Hambone Johnny f- <laughs> followed up with this one. Follow up. Mild, medium, or hot buffalo sauce. You know, I, I want to say medium, but it, I, I, I guess it depends, right? I mean, I like hot. Mm-hmm. It's just, it depends. I'm not like one of those. I don't want it like a fire hot. Right? Like, that's not going to do it for me. It's not enjoyable at that point. Right. You should have that right thing. So it depends on where you go. You know, sometimes medium is hot. If not, I'll, I'll expand to the hot. Okay. What about you? Um, we have a really great wing place near us. We get when we watch Bronco games and stuff and we get hot. Um, yeah. It's not only hot, it's really delicious too. whatever the recipe is. It's really good. So we used to do. Then. Yeah. Blue cheese or ranch. I don't usually use I would use ranch, but I don't mm-hmm. usually actually use dressing. OK, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I, I just I just eat them. And actually, one of the keys to wings for me for this place, too, I like the wings when they are cooked more. Right. A little. A little sometimes you get wings and they almost like I don't say raw, but they yeah, feel undercooked say. and they're the worst. So mm-hmm. when we order wings, I actually turn the oven on. And when we get them, I dump them on and I put them in and I just crisp them up. It makes them a little less liquidy, cooks them a little bit more. And I love them like that. God, I love chicken wings. This is so <laughs> fucking good. I need more. Guess what? Texas tray. Second follow up. <laughs> Wet versus dry rub. And I think I just answered that. I like them when they're drier. Are we still talking about chicken wings? Still chicken. What kind of rub do you like? Um, I like them. I like both. I will say, um, I guess more on the wet side because <laughs> it reminds me of golf, right? Golf season's coming up. John's playing with his pillow again. But it <laughs> reminds me of my favorite type of win at the golf course, the sweet Asian chili. It's just... Mm. So... I better go wet, but I, I like to do a dry rub as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for the chicken wing questions. Um, next question from Discord. Also, Neo Prime 33. I think there was a couple weeks difference between these. Would you rather go back in time and play one game with your kid self? If so, which game and which system? Or go back in time and show off a system to your kid self. If so, what system, what year and how old would you be? God, you go first on this one. I'll go first on this one. I think it would be wild to show my kid self the switch 
when the yeah. Game Boy was out because the the Game Boy, for as incredible a system as it is, it was just so laughably Neanderthal. A black and white screen, um, the graphics weren't great, and you were like if you were playing Mario on a Game Boy, it was a crappy version of Mario versus Correct. the regular version. The Nintendo Switch is like the it's same the version. I would probably freak out. And even to this day, I still think about the Switch sometimes and go, wow, how amazing is it? It has Joy-Cons. You can take them off and like yeah. the, the flexibility. Uh, my kid self, maybe when I was 10, would freak out um, yeah. if I saw the Switch. I, I, I think you're right. You know, I think back of like those summer days, like when you're 12 years old, 10 years old, and you said your mom had to go to work, so you, they let you stay home maybe. And you play video games with the neighbor. And even, like you said, imagine just sitting on like the patio with taking the Joy-Cons off and playing with your buddy. Um, I think I would do the same thing as you said. And then also introducing them like an online game, right? Like, mm. you know, I used to get buddies over to play like GoldenEye or Mario Party. But then imagine saying that like, you can play online with other friends that aren't in your house. Like that, that would just blow their mind. They wouldn't understand the concept. And you would have the whole screen to yourself. Yeah. No, no screen cheating, right? In GoldenEye. <laughs> That was called PC gaming while you were playing GoldenEye, but I totally agree well, with you. Well, I was playing my MMOs, but there wasn't a lot of, uh, yeah, it's not the same. The the days of Doom and Quake and all that. Mm. But yeah, consoles it's didn't have that stuff. They didn't get broadband really until the GameCube, I would say. I remember it had a broadband adapter, but not many people used it. You couldn't play games on the GameCube against other people. No, but it did support it. It's just not a lot of games supported it. Correct. Um, until the Wii. It wasn't until the Wii that it was more mainstream. Yep. All right. Good questions. All right. We got one more question and then we'll wrap it up. This is from Ibisel. Ibisel, who came in last place because mm. he posted his scores a little late, Ibisel. You can't be late, Ibisel. But we nope. still love you. What is a video game or console accessory that you never bought but always wanted to have? And I think he's going to buy it for us whatever we Ooh, say well, in that case. Yeah. Um, you go first. I've got a couple. Um, the console of course, that of I, course you do <laughs> the console. One of the only Nintendo consoles I've never owned that I've always wanted to, but it's always out of my price range and I'm always disinterested is the GBA micro. I've always wanted one, but I still don't understand what the official versions are. I know they had different plates and I know I like the Japanese Famicom one. I don't know if that's North American, and they're also really expensive. I'd want to get it in the box, um, but I just never get it because of the price. I've always wanted one. Um, for accessory, there is, um, gosh, I'm not really prepared to answer this question. The maracas um, for the Dreamcast and the name of the game. I am specific. forget. Do you remember the game on Dreamcast that had the maracas? I do not. Okay, it's it's okay. Samba de Amigo and the Dreamcast actually had maracas. So you play the game and it was just like it's a rhythm game. Um, but the maracas apparently are very hard to find and very expensive. So I would love to play Samba de Amigo on the Dreamcast with the maracas. Very Damn. specific. Very specific. Hmm. How about you? GameCube. You know, I, I'm going to be disappointed. I, GameCube had a lot of crazy motherfucking accessories. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, 
you know, I always, I, I never, I, this is a, a weird one, but I always wanted like the Game Boy Advance adapter. I may have even had it. Just, mm. I feel like it was one of those things that um, I, I always wanted to play like four swords with four people. Mm-hmm. And it just never happened. You know, just through a lot of logistics, right? You, you know, everyone had to have their own Game Boy Advance. You needed all the adapters. It was just a lot of logistics to have that just wasn't going to happen. Right. Um, but that's really the only like big thing I can think of a regret. I mean, I had, as far as systems go, I mean, I had all the Nintendo systems, so it wasn't really anything that I wanted. I didn't Did you have, have all, there was a bunch of NES accessories, those weird controllers, Power Glove, U-Force. Yeah, I never had any of those because, again, that's kind of before my time. They also I mean, I, I, You know, I was too young. Yeah. I really understand and want them. I was happy I just played a system that was too young. But the GameCube <laughs> was really like where I was starting. And Sega I had, right? So, Did you have a Wave Bird on the GameCube? Yeah, I just played the entire uh, Paper Mario with the Wave Bird. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it works great. I actually have two of them, but one of them's kind of like the first model wasn't as good. Those got expensive to find. Those those people Mine love those. Fantastic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Great. It's actually a great question, Abyssal. I, I mean, I don't really have any great answer like John probably does or anything, but um, <laughs> Four Swords was always something I always wish that I could get three buddies and play the game like it's supposed to be played and then they you know they redid that for us in our you know with the 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 3ds game the uh triforce heroes triforce heroes i was just thinking about that today i really hope they port that to the switch so we can play online a great game i yeah it's just it's unplayable right now on 3ds the the internet Mm. the the network structure is so slow yeah um i think i do i have i think i have a couple of those gba adapters um, me and a couple of friends of mine wanted to play for, I've never played four swords and, never played uh, it at all. We've, we've always talked about taking a day off and playing from morning to night, just like marathoning it's the a whole fun game. game. It's actually a fun game. I like it. I have heard that some issues with it, like you could s- static electricity in the game boy could take the game down because the, the port is open or something like that. I don't know. I, what? I, I've I've heard that the way it connects with your Game Boy, it's susceptible to static electricity. I I never looked up how big a problem that is or not, but huh. um, I really want to try it, uh, but I I don't know if it'll ever happen. Hmm. All right, that's it. What do we got uh, coming up in the next few weeks, Jen? We have right now Monster Hunter Rise is free, the full game for a week. Um, if you have Nintendo Switch Online, you might have seen. Did you get it? The uh, the demo app kind of sent it, it to your automatically Switch. downloads. No, it's not automatically downloading, but they put the icon and if you click it, it'll download it. Um, That's interesting that they did that. It, it's weird that it didn't check that you have Monster Hunter Rise and then just not even let you and know. It's also bold that they can just they're just throwing something on your homepage, though, too. Yeah, I think 3DS did that, too. That's interesting. Um, it was weird, though, because it's like, why do I? I had to delete the icon. And yeah, like, I need to do it. I have 120 something hours in Monster Hunter Rise. You couldn't detect that and just leave me alone. <laughs> nope, it's like they, they wanted you to know. Um, so that is that is from March 11th to March 17th. So that'll end at the end of this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, March 18th, which is Friday, probably yeah. why Monster Hunter is stopping on the 17th. Uh, we're getting the uh, DLC Booster Pack 1. Um, and we're going to be playing lots of Mario lots Kart of that night. Mayhem. We'll do something next weekend and let you know the rules. Yep. And then uh, a week after that, March 25th, right before our next show, Kirby and the Forgotten Land. 
Kirby. Um, I don't know if I'll be able to play that day one, but I think you will be. I will be playing that time okay. day one, but I think that's going to be the family game. Um, <laughs> right. so I won't be I won't be cruising through it because I'll probably play with the wife. I'll probably play the whole game co-op. Okay. And I'll probably let her be Kirby because I'm a nice <laughs> guy. My, we're going to get one copy. My wife wants to play it. And for some reason, my son, Sebastian, wants to play it. Huh. Um, and I want to play it. Um, I'm happy to let them go first. But if I do get a chance, I'll play a little bit of it. But I'll mm-hmm. most likely wait. So I'll be looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Yeah. On what on. you think, even though you haven't played the demo. I might just at this point hold off on it. Rather be going to it cold. I think so. I mean, you're going to play it anyway. So yeah, exactly. Hold off on it. It's great. That was fun. It was long, but it was okay. It was fun. Sometimes we go long. You know, we often go deep. Deep. But sometimes we're long as well. And sometimes it's wet, and sometimes it's dry. That's right. (laughs) Say anything, that's home. Good night. The Dads After Dark Show is part of the Nintendo Dads family of podcasts. You can subscribe to us anywhere podcasts are available, including iTunes, CastBox, Spotify, and Stitcher. Also, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. Pretty please? Be sure to join us on the Nintendo Dads Discord in our Dads After Dark channels for some naughty After Dark talk. Follow us on Twitter at NDadsAfterDark or email us at dadsafterdarkshow at gmail.com. And a big thank you to Family Jewels for our show's music. You rock. That's all for tonight. Good night, Dads. Sweet dreams. <laughs>